Welcome to Betamax Returns, the only podcast dedicated to movies or discussions that are deemed not important enough to take up Doug's valuable time. Here are two people that are doing a dry run of what it's like to be empty nesters, Matt and Jen. I like the opening, Matthew. Okay, you weren't supposed to jump in talking right away, but okay. Well, <laughs> well thank you for joining. So let me let me say my piece and then you can take over like you seem to always do. The thing about the podcast in general that is good is Doug and I did not have the same childhood. He grew up a child of privilege, and I grew up a child of not privilege, which gives us a little bit of a different perspective. But despite that, we are similar. We are white, straightish, you know, married guys with straight-ish. kids. Straightish? Yeah, straightish. <laughs> and. Every now and then, it's great to have a completely different perspective. So, I, and this may, would have made more sense if you had not already piped in, but uh, welcome to somebody joining Joey, T-Dog, and Dylan to the Two Timers Club. Uh, the love of my life, my Doug in the bedroom. Oh, wait, that doesn't quite sound right. But the one who makes all of this possible, Jen. So how are you doing? I'm doing great, Matthew. Thanks for inviting me tonight. Well, it's, uh, you know, Doug does not seem, is, we're doing this on a Saturday, which is, supposed to be the norm. I do not remember the last time we actually recorded on a Saturday. And this is actually not a movie that Doug had vetoed. This is a movie that Doug said that if I pick this one, he would quit the podcast. So <laughs> so you definitely have to do this one with me. But it's been about six months. And normally for these podcast adjacent things, I've been doing them on video. And I purposely chose not to do this on video for a couple of reasons, uh, not the least of which is I look terrible. And when I was talking about it the other day, I said I looked old. And it, it's really not so much that I look old, it's that I look terrible. I look like a guy that's about to go behind the gas station to suck dick for crack. I mean, <laughs> I, I do not look good. Well, I sort of said that to you the <laughs> other day when I saw a picture of you and your team working on a project and... You among them, you looked like a homeless guy. Yep, yep, don't don't look great. But um, so I, I want to, before we get into, well, before we get into the movie, I'm going to do a little bit of not housekeeping, but just kind of what's going on. But it has been six months. The last time we, we did a podcast, I believe it was about six months ago, and we did Dirty Dancing. And just curious, we've talked about this, but, and obviously you do not know Doug very well. I think you've met Doug one or two times. But there are things that you learn about me from listening to the podcast. I'm sure there's things, you, I, there's stuff that I learn about myself very little, but some. And there are things I learn about Doug from doing the podcast and listening to it back. But what are some things that you've learned for, from listening to the podcast? I would say some of your high school stories, your antics, the things you got involved in are definitely things that you don't share with me or we don't talk in depth about your sense of humor and other things come clear on the show, but that's who you are at home too. So I wouldn't say that those insights are any different. You are who you are with me Yeah, and I listen to your podcast. So there aren't too many huge surprises. Okay. Okay. But there are times where I hear your insecurity about things and then you joke or laugh it off. And I would say, that's something I've learned through listening to the podcast. Well, everybody has insecurities. I mean, you know, you do, I do, everybody does. And one of the things for, for better or for worse that Doug and I have kind of said is 
at least in regards to ourselves, we're, we're pretty much open and honest about everything. There's not clearly a, you are. A, you talk about a lot on the show. There's not a lot of stuff that we really hold back. But and this is a very clip light show. Almost nothing. Um, obviously, we had the intro. We'll have a couple things throughout. None from the movie itself. And this is what it must feel like for Doug to not have to worry about doing all the clip <laughs> stuff. But since you do all the hard work, yeah, I do all the heavy lifting. What's fucking new now? So we do have some things. I did mention the whole thing about how two people that are doing a dry run for being empty nesters. We have one kid at college. Uh, one kid is a senior in high school. And where is our senior in high school right now? He is at dinner with a girl and another couple, and they are going to a homecoming dance. He had his school's homecoming dance last weekend, so this is a completely different school. Yeah, and this is that you you said it at first, but then you actually did clarify. This is not his homecoming. This is his his date's homecoming. And he let's get this straight for the record. He is not he's the tag along in, in this situation. He was out after a football game, I believe it was, and there was a bunch of girls that were at whatever restaurant they were in. Some girl came over to get his buddy's snap, his you know Snapchat ID, and this girl asked this guy to homecoming with. And hey, if you have a friend, invite him along. I have a girlfriend who needs a date too. Yeah, it's kind of. Uh, you probably don't know who. What is her name? Not Faye. From Animal House. It's, when the guy go, shows up at the thing and he's, he's trying to take his fiance out and his fiance died and it's like, and can you get dates for three of my friends kind of thing? He is, he is the, the tag along in this. And I, I, can't, I can't understand with modern kids how they do things because there's such an immediacy with instant messaging, Snap, uh, FaceTime. It, it, it's very, very rarely phone calls. Yeah, well, just to be clear though, he might have started off as the tag along, but he has been snapping with this girl. He took her out to dinner last weekend, so he is starting to form a relationship with his date. Maybe. Whether maybe. it lasts or not is another story, but I think it's sweet that these two boys are taking these two girls to their homecoming dance. They're all seniors. It's their last kind of hurrah year at school. I think it's sweet. And if it never works out, it's fine. They just have fun tonight. I just think that it, it's a it's a lot to ask for. Well, first of all, his his buddy doesn't drive. Doesn't have a car. I think he does drive. Okay, well, for for homecoming, you think he'd be able to spring a car, but Dawson well, so, has yeah. to drive. So this is a <laughs> this is a high school. It's what twenty minutes away, twenty five minutes away. Yeah, twenty five minutes away. And in my mind, the girl should have came out here. To pick the guys up. It makes no sense to do that. Drive all the way here to turn around and drive all the way back. Versus them having to drive all the way there and then have to drive all the way back. It it it, No, it's fine. The kids worked it out. If if it was a guy, I think the guy would be expected to drive out there and and pick up the girl and bring her back. And you know, I, I think that it is and we talked about this earlier, it is difficult to be the person from a different school going into that school's event. And I think it would be different, more difficult for guys than it would be for Absolutely women. Absolutely not. 
It's very difficult for girls. Very difficult. So if Dawson had invited this girl to his dance last weekend, which, by the way, he wasn't allowed to because they weren't allowed outside guests at his high school. But if he had, I think it would have been very hard on her. There's this whole group of friends. They've known each other their whole lives. She's trying to fit in. It's no different for him. Fine. It's a draw. No, but... It's a draw. The as a girl, you're going to get judged by both the guys and the girls from the other school because you are the outsider. But as a guy, you're potentially going to get the shit beat out of you. Oh, stop, Matthew. Because, that doesn't happen anymore. It, yeah. Not not at Dawson School. That kind of stuff does not happen. But you are, you are a guy that's taking a girl out of the pool. Well, according to Dawson, these girls are in a lot of college classes as a high school senior, so they're only at school one period a day. So they really don't have time to meet other high school kids, and the rest are, they're not interested in, I guess. But uh, I had mentioned at the top that, you know, you are the one who makes this possible, and and that is 100% true, because number one, you support me doing it, and number two, you you actually pay for all the equipment that (laughs) is needed to do this. But You're welcome, Doug. On on the subject, quit. See, the mic can pick that. Quit picking. It's <laughs> Sorry. Like me with bottle caps. But there is, uh, you talking about money. We had a discussion with our son yesterday about, oh, here we go. about money. And I do not like to discuss finances, salaries, anything like that with, with anyone. With anyone, mm-hmm. but especially now with my kids. Well, how much money do you make? You don't want to know how much I make? None of your fucking business. That's how much I make. <laughs> Yes, he was very clear yesterday that he had a right to know because he's been accustomed to a certain lifestyle and he needed to know what that lifestyle cost so he would know how much money he needs to make coming out of college. He sounds like a woman that's preparing to get divorced. (laughs) She needs to know how much of his piece of the pie that she needs to get in order to support the lifestyle she has become accustomed to. Well, I did try to explain to him it takes time to build up to certain levels of living. Yeah, his expectation is that he is going to pop out of college and walk into the the kind of house that we have, the kind of, finger quotes, lifestyle we have. And just, just for the record, we live a very subdued lifestyle. We do not have... A huge house. We do not spend a we lot have of a money. Nice we house. have a nice house, yeah, but we don't have a mansion. We no. do not drive. We live below our means. Do not drive, you know, hundred thousand dollar cars. No, nor and, would I want to. But you could if if you wanted to. I would not want to. Yeah, I understand. I'd rather that. Save my money for retirement. And and that's the whole thing. Trying to talk about how, but his whole. I, I, not only do I want to know, I deserve to know, and it is your responsibility to tell me so that he knows and. He, he said that he wants to know because he wants, based on how much money we have, that will, for him, help him choose what his major in college is going to be <laughs> so that he can make that kind of money fresh out of college. Oh, sure. And I said, number one, that is a terrible reason to pick a career. Correct. And number two, you have to understand that you are not going to make as much out, out of the jump as somebody that's been in their career path for 20 plus years. Correct. I mean, even if he was a doctor his first year. So anyway, so not a lot of stuff outside of the movie. So you ready to get in the movie proper? Sure. I'm ready. Okay. 
Bambi, she's duck poor. Then this ducky loves her to the core. She meets a guy, his name is Blaine. Getting through this movie, it was a pain. She's got no soul, man. She's got no soul, man. Got red hair, she's got no soul, man. Da 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 da, got no soul, man. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah, that's what I did when you were at church today. <laughs> oh, awesome. That actually was one of your better songs, I think. I actually had to get clearance. Is it still okay to mock people with red hair? It's one of the few things that is still okay to okay. take pot shots at. But your movie, go ahead. Yeah, so Pretty in Pink was released in 1986. It was rated PG-13. It was written by John Hughes, who also wrote... 16 Candles, National Lampoon's Vacation, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, directed by Howard Duth. Box office gross was $41 million on a $9 million budget with a Rotten Tomato score of 73% and 81% with audience. So the movie stars Molly Ringwald as Andy. She's best known probably for 16 Candles and Breakfast Club. John Cryer as Ducky. I would say he's best known for Two and a Half Men. Uh, TV show. Uh, Matthew McCarthy as Blaine. He was in Weekend at Bernie's, St. Elmo's Fire, Class, a bunch of other stuff. James Spader as Steph. Uh, he's probably best known recently from the show Blacklist. Sure. And then Boston Legal a long time ago, uh, Sex, Lies, and Videotapes, that movie. Mm-hmm. Annie Potts as Iona. She was in Designing Women. And also in, she's currently in Young Sheldon. It's a TV show. Yeah. Andrew Dice Clay. One of your favorites, Matthew. He was a bouncer movie. Yeah. So I thought I would at least mention him too. Uh, uh, You know him from Adventures of Ford Fairlane and all of his stand-up comedy. Right. Uh, The last person I'm going to list is Harry Dean Stanton as Jack, who is Andy's father. And really, the few things I found interesting on him, he was in Alien, Twins, Peaks, and Gunsmoke TV show. So there you go. All right. You you need to work on your breathing. You're very, very breathy on. (gasps) Oh, am I? Okay, okay. I'll work on it. Well, maybe I'm preparing for later, baby. Uh Uh-huh. So... (laughs) Oh, shit. No, sorry. <laughs> you messed up. We saw your boobs. We okay, saw I your did boobs. not look up that. In the movie that we saw, we saw your boobs. Of course I did. So Molly Ringwald in Malicious, Kate Vernon, who plays Benny Hansen in Dangerous Touch, Soft Deceit, Roadhouse 66, Alphabet City, and Blood Knot. And lastly, Gina Gershon, uh, best known for Bound, but Bound, Love Matters, Showgirls, this World, Then Fireworks, Killer Joe, Cocktail, Sweet Revenge, and Blockers. So I did not see this. I had never seen this film at all before. Uh, I know what? you had seen this film before. You've never seen this film before. I've never seen this film before. I did not know that. So why are we doing this film? It was on my list of ones to potentially do. Okay. Of course I've seen this film before. Did you see it in the theater? I don't remember. Okay. Do you know the last time you saw it? Probably before I met you. I remember I recorded this on off of HBO or, or something and put it on my iPad. And it sat on my iPad for many years. And I watched maybe the first five minutes of it the first time. And I never could get past it. 
Okay, well, now you are forced to get past it. Right. So I probably have a feeling of what you think based on your song, too. <laughs> I just had to, it was a quick one, and I, it was more about the, she's got no soul. But <laughs> So the movie starts out, and this is a thing that probably hit home for you, because the movie uh, starts in downtown Ironton. So <laughs> It does not. By the way, Ironton's where I'm from, but go on. No, it is a, and they literally show railroad tracks. Yes. It, I mean, it's not too, so subtle. Growing up on to, the wrong side of the tracks. Correct. Right. And we will get into that as this movie goes on about how that is the, the, the thing about this movie. It is the juxtaposition of uh, haves versus have nots, yeah. the richies the versus the, the non rich mm-hmm. people. But there's a sweet, sweet street sweeper that looks like a Zamboni. And Molly Ringwald is getting dressed. We don't see her face yet, but she's getting dressed pink on pink on pink. I was going to say, were you turned on on her putting on the nylons and the clothes and the jewelry? I thought it was a miss that they didn't show if she was wearing pink panties. Okay. Or a pink bra. But still, you have to assume that she is. Everything's pink. Right. Everything's pink. A little much, though. I thought it was a little, maybe too much of a good thing. Uh, Too much of any color other than black, (laughs) I think, is a little too much. Yeah. Well, definitely. Uh, It was an interesting first shot with her getting dressed, though. But after that scene, she goes to wake up her father and tells him to get up. And it is 7.30 in the morning. And she got him coffee, and she has something that she wants her dad to do that day. What does she want her dad to do? To find a job. And I know you've seen Not Another Teen Movie. This movie, like many of the 80s John Hughes-ish films, is parodied in that film. But there's a very direct you know, lift from this film for Pretty in Pink. The, the main character, mm-hmm. Janie, is very much... Andy's character here but the dad probably looks like he was on a bender he looks hungover he looks absolutely and she says everything's all right with her and then but he has a question what is he asking her about he asked if she's been asked to go to prom all right so I'm a guy no daughters you are a guy yeah no daughters (laughs) for the most part if the kids want to go to prom kids want to go to prom if the kids don't want to go to prom the kids don't want to go to prom I, I'm not going to push that issue. I think her dad knows how much she wants to go to prom. Whether she's admitting it out loud or not, he knows how important it is to her. I, I and her mom's not around. And so he's filling both roles. So I give him credit. What I will take, and we'll see it throughout the movie, is how close they are. But the the relationship is very flipped from the oh, norm. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's definitely acting like the parent, waking him up, telling him to get a job, making his coffee, his breakfast, other things. She takes care of things. But they're talking about her clothes and apparently she makes her own clothes. That's touched on a few times. I, it mm-hmm. could have been a bigger thing, but it was not really. But there's one part of her outfit that is specifically mentioned that is not something that she made. What is that? I don't remember. Her shoes. Oh, okay. She has secondhand shoes. Oh, yeah, I do remember. And 
dog, I know how gross you think it is <laughs> to wear other people's shoes, but secondhand, the only time I really see secondhand shoes. Soccer is, cleats. No, bowling shoes. Bowling shoes. Why would you wear secondhand soccer cleats? Because our kids, well, our kids did play soccer for a while, but we definitely did secondhand from Dylan to Dawson growing up, hand-me-downs. Well, yeah. Left and right. You probably had hand-me-downs from your brother. Uh, yeah, probably. But I was always bigger than him. Oh, well, that's not anymore. true of our kids now, too. So now, now I'm much, much smaller than my brother. But I, I don't know. We haven't seen him lately. But she, Andy's character with her dad is just nagging, nagging, nagging. Okay, you see that, and I get it. She did a little bit, but I'll comment again. There's a love, a mutual respect, and there's this closeness to them. Well, O.J. Simpson loved his wife. Matthew, moving on. He says, you know, if he killed her, it's because he loved her so much. <laughs> but I see the dad. It, it, it's like still being married with without the sex, which I guess it's like still being married. It's just nag, nag, nag. But... <laughs> As Andy leaves, the dad goes back to bed. And then, of course. And, of course, what? She comes back in. Oh. <laughs> and then we are at the outside of her school. Yeah. And she, I, I don't know what type of car that is. Uh, it's, it's pink. It's pink, yes. But it, it is not a normal car. It's not a car that you see a lot of. I would have ex- expected it to be more like a slug bug or something like I that. I would have, too. Or, Given her her class, I would have thought maybe it would be a Ford Escort maybe that was painted pink. But that car, even though it's kind of beat up, it's got some dents, it's still, you'd think it would cost money just because it is somewhat unique. It is unique. It's a pretty cool looking car. But there's this guy as she's walking, getting out of her car. He's checking her out. We find out later that's Steph. Right. And there are, he is, I don't think it's necessarily his, maybe it is, but... There's a bunch of BMWs and scooters, and Andy's character is wearing a hat. Not a really big hat guy for for women. You're not a big hat guy for women? No. I don't. She had to hit a big uh, right before you start talking. I did. I'm sorry. I don't wear. You're right there, too. (laughs) Well, maybe I do that all the time. I don't know. I don't wear a lot of hats. No. No, and that's a good thing. We probably wouldn't be together if you did wear a lot of hats. <laughs> well, speaking of wearing a hat, though, Ducky enters the scene also wearing a hat. Yeah. It, and, and he comments on her amazing clothes, and she comments on his amazing clothes. Yep. You you missed one thing right before, right after she leaves Steph's character. A hot girl comes up to her, and she is recurring, even though she has really nothing to say here. But yeah, we get the introduction of Ducky, and he's way too fashionable. I was trying to think of... If there was a guy that was in my high school that you could compare it to, that I could compare it to, mm-hmm. because, and I'm sorry if this is a stereotype, it's not meant to be, and it's definitely not meant to be offensive, but someone with the kind of fashion sense that Ducky has, normally you would think that that would go with more of a gay character than you are stereotyping. Yeah, I am stereotyping, but it's not in 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 a bad way. But he's way too way too fashionable and he hits on a couple of girls and he gets decked correct and then we are in english class and well, i was gonna say before they go to class he he says to andy may i admire you again today that is coming on a little strong 
<laughs> yeah, but th- these are people that have known each other for eight years. He is, he has privileges to say things that a new guy could not. Just like, uh, take for example, my relationship, my work relationship with someone like Sandy. I knew Sandy well enough that, you know, we could talk about just about anything where random schmo would not be able to. Same thing. They've been together forever. They're in each other's lives. I guess. But it does feel a little too much for the relationship, especially the way she looks at him. One question I had is, it is very obvious in just not the way he acts, but actually things that he says in a couple couple scenes. Oh, he has some good lines. But he, he loves her. It's very obvious that he from has... The get, from the get-go, we see that. Does she not know this? Does she not see this? Or does she just accept it? It's like, ha, 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 he is my friend who has a crush on me, but he's friend-zoned. Where is she in that? I do think she knows, and I do think she's put him very clearly in the friend-zone. So let's... <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> let's let let's play this out a little bit. So, Ducky is is pining for Andy, and you know Andy wants no part of him, and she doesn't have somebody else. She just doesn't want Ducky. If Ducky finds another girl before Andy finds a guy, how does Andy deal with Ducky being with another girl? Does that bother her? Yes. And does she then kind of like play him along just enough to keep him on the string? I don't think she plays him along, but I do think it bothers her. And I think it's because she's used to the admiration and the undivided attention. Being the center of his attention? Correct. Okay. But we're in English class and one of the girls that actually one of the, one of the two girls that's making fun of Andy is the girl that went up to Steph at the very beginning in front of school. And the teacher, who I swore was somebody else, a different actress, but is not, asks if there's a problem. And what happens from there? Andy says, no, there's not a problem. The girls say, no, there's not a problem. But still, the teacher assigns extra homework to the two girls that are being mean to Andy. Then Andy asks the teacher to just let it go. And then the mean girls raise their hand and say, no, we'll take the assignment. I don't buy that. No, the girls would just let it go because they don't want to do it. Yeah, no matter, they're doing it to to make a point. Now we have a reason to be pissed at you. They would have a reason anyway. And there's no way they're going to volunteer, well, I'm going to do my extra stuff. And James Spader's character, actually, Steph, Steph. Mm -hmm. has a Porsche. Yeah. So so we know he's a good guy. No. (laughs) But he's hitting on Andy conservatively. And I didn't check. James Spader looks about 30 in this film. <laughs> he does look older than them. He he in Molly Ringwald was probably 17 or 18 at the time of this film. She was not much older than that. But she turns him down and he calls her a bitch. Well, he actually says and I quote, "I've liked you for 4 years and you treat me like shit." And then she turns him down and he calls her a bitch. That's important because later that comes up in the movie about she thinks he's shit. Why? Her. Because he can't have her. No, no, I I get that part. I get that part. But. She's interesting. She's different. But she's not hot. She's attractive. She's not unattractive. 
She's attractive. She's not unattractive. That's Matthew. There's a difference. Whatever. I look at how he's doing. Look at the quality of women it's this guy's the conquest, getting. Matthew. For him, it's the yeah. But there's there's got to be hotter looking women that w- w- are turning him down. Maybe, maybe not. Right, now we're at her Andy's place of employment, and where Which does she is a work? Record store. There's a couple things that obviously very, very much date this film as an 80s film. Uh, first of all, record store. Second of all, mall. There's a lot of phone conversations that take place on non-cordless phones. But we are introduced to Iona, Iona, who's played by Annie Potts. And she is stapling albums to the ceiling. And she's wearing this black vinyl-looking dress. I don't even know how to describe it, but she's kooky looking and has crazy hair. And she has different hair in every scene in this yes, film. She's she's kooky. I think she's in five or six scenes in this film. Every scene she's in, she has different hair, and I think her her hair color is actually different. In this case, I think it's spiky. It's spiky black. But um, Andy, Andy asks her if she went to her prom, and of course, Iona says, "Of course." Do you have to go? And I think it's Iona says no. And for some reason, Andy is dressed like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> She's got the, the whole doily thing around her neck. Yes, she does. I, I, there's got to be a name for that. It's not a doily, really. What is uh, that called? There is a name for it. I can't think of it right now. But it's not It's not the thing that goes under your shirt. Um, okay, moving on. No, not no. what's that thing called? Not a pashmina. Is it a pashmina? No, pashmina is like a scarf. What is, what is the thing that you... It's not a slip... But it, it it's not a bra, but it goes over, and it's like underneath a shirt, and it's kind of kind of lacy. Honestly, audience think cares. See now they're gonna want to know what is the <laughs> thing he was talking about. Anyways, Andy's struggling with wanting to go to prom, but then also thinking that it's stupid, and so she's having this conversation with Iona, and then guess who walks in? Well, before that, there's a kid that is trying to shoplift. Oh. <laughs> This was a funny scene. But and Iona stops this kid from shoplifting, and how does she do it? <laughs> Taking a stapler gun and aiming it at him. That's not how staple guns work. I know, but She it's would not funny. be able to hit somebody with a staple gun from 20 feet away. Yes, but she shouldn't be doing that anyway. But your Andrew McCarthy's character Blaine. walks. And this is his character, Blaine. And the phone rings, and this is where it says record store phones, very 80s. And who is on the phone? Iona's talking to her boyfriend or lover or whatever he is. Well, he gets replaced several times during this film. So Of course, she dates a lot. But Blaine goes up to the counter and he is asking her opinion on a record. And what kind of record is it? Steve Lawrence album? Yes. Yeah, no clue. <laughs> so, so Andy tells him the album's hot and that he should really get it. So he takes it. But she is kind of, she's kind of a bitch to him here. Because when he is says he's going to take it, she says, are you going to put this on your American Express black card? Yes. She's making fun of the fact that he has money. You know, if you have a choice of not having money or having someone make fun of you for having money, I'm taking make fun of me for having money Correct. all day. But he pays cash and he looks like he wants to ask her to prom no. Yeah, he does. Not to prom, just ask her out. Ask her out. Okay, fine, whatever. Really? Someone's just going to talk to a complete stranger and ask him to prom just like that? She, he knows who she is. 
I don't think they've really talked before. They've though. never talked before, but they're in the same high school. What's funny during this time period is you hear Iona's phone conversation too. And she says something like, I screw you, I cook for you, and now you want me to give you a ride to work? <laughs> and then she says, take the bus. <laughs> and then she gets mad at him, and then she says something about being mad at him about being left tied up in his car. Do you really think that the town that they're in has a bus service? Uh, probably not, but her character is hysterical. I just thought the whole conversation was funny as you listen in on her phone conversation. But the next scene, we're in a bar, and there's a live band, and Andy is there. And we, we later find out that Andy is 18, but still in high school. So it's it's the latter half of her senior year, which it would be because it's right before prom. She, but she's in a bar. I, I don't think she's drinking. Andy's there with Iona, and she's there with a friend named Jenna. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. She's. I don't. She's in with one of her friends. And she, what does she ask Jenna? She asked Jenna if she would go out with someone with money. That seems like a weird question to me. And Jenna gets upset though and says, "Are you dating a rich guy?" We grew up in different states. Obviously, different Correct. cities, different states. Um, and I went to a public high school. You went to a private high school. Um, so I went to a big school, but you lived very close to the high school you went to. And you interacted, or you, you lived very close to the, the, public, the public high school, school. Mm-hmm. In, in your town. And you interacted with people from the public high school. Correct. This whole thing, this whole idea that is the, the central point of derision in this film, I understand it, but... I never saw anything like that. I never saw a rich versus poor dynamic in high school. It was there. So rich people would not associate with poor people. Poor people would not associate with rich people. No, no, it was there. It wasn't to the magnitude that you see in this movie. I went to a small private Catholic school, which by the way, took all economic levels you could get a scholarship to go there and everything. So we had all types of students there. But what I would say is there definitely was probably a different treatment of people who lived in something called the projects, low income housing. I won't say they didn't associate with other people though, because when I look back on high school and we asked Dawson about this recently, that money does not come into play and with who they hang out with at all. It's not something they even consider. And I would say I hung out with all levels of income too. And my family was not rich at all. We weren't poor, but we certainly weren't rich. I hung out with Doug. (laughs) You know, know, we we've established that Doug had cash to burn. Yeah, he did. And a house to have parties in. And, but it, I grew up in a, well, actually, let's wait till we get to the whole Andy's house thing that, that comes up a little bit later. Okay. But now we're outside the bar and Andrew Dice Clay, as you mentioned, is the bouncer and Ducky is out there talking to him. And apparently this is a, an ongoing thing where Dice being the bouncer will not let Ducky in and Andy always goes in. And Dice asks a good question because Ducky refers to Andy as his girlfriend and Dice says, Hey, why would you, she go in there if she know you can't get in? <laughs> nice. <laughs> but he, he, I don't know. It, it seemed like a, a very, even as friends, because, you know, this is something 
where they hang out all the time, but they both say uh, loves a bitch. And I think I think Dice gives Ducky a heater because when Andy comes out, he kind of hides the fact yes. that he's smoking. Because she, she comes out and she's going to drive him home. And as they're in her car, Ducky is looking for a good song on her tape deck. And music is a big thing in this film. And the the soundtrack for for this film was a big seller. And I think the 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 main title or not title track, but the main song from this was something by Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, I believe. You know what song it is. I can't remember what the name it is off the top of my head. But he's constantly looking for something and they're driving through a rich neighborhood and there is a house. Well, that- before we go there, he asks where are they going? And she says she's ready to go to bed. And he says, yours or mine? That, you know, that's Again, just... one-liners. He's full of them. I read some of the reviews for this movie, and this movie was not well-liked by critics. I can't remember what you said the Rotten Tomato score was. It was like 73. Eh, but... Audience 81. It wasn't bad. Okay, but Roger Ebert uh, said that Almost everybody was universal in their praise of Molly Ringwald. And a lot of the critics, especially a lot of the critics that you would have known from that era, talked about John Cryer's character was very, very one note, didn't have a lot of depth to it. I thought John Cryer did a fantastic job. I did too. And I thought his character was far more layered than any other character in this film. Of course, that's probably because I can relate to Ducky as a character. (laughs) There you go. But getting back to where they're going. So they're driving around looking at rich people's houses and listening to the music. And they stop in front of one house and really admire it. And yeah, that's her favorite. And she wonders what it's like inside. And I believe this is actually Steph's house. It is Steph's house. Wouldn't they know that? No, not necessarily. But she says something about, uh, I bet they don't even appreciate it. And she's right. They don't. Because Steph even talks about how would I care about, would I let people trash my parents' house if I cared about money. Right. But he has money to burn. That's why he lets it all happen. But the next day. The next day, they're at the library. She's at the library. And she's. She's typing into a computer terminal and someone asks if she wants, if she wants to talk. And Andy thinks it's Ducky. Right. But then, slowly, a picture comes up. That's not how computers work back know. then. <laughs> I know. But it's a picture of her and Blaine. And then they stand up and smile at each other. It drives me crazy that the way they do this with with computers in this era, because this is just not how they work. And she stands up. You would know, babe. Yeah. But she stands up and she sees him and immediately, I said she comes instantly, but um, later. Matthew, (laughs) not true. Ducky is at Andy's house and her dad is having a beer. And what is Ducky having with his, with her dad? I don't know what he's drinking. Is it a juice box? It's a juice box, yeah. yeah. But Ducky tells him he wants to marry Andy. Says he, he will take care of her. and No, the, he actually says, I want to marry yeah, her. Yeah, but he, he said first he says he'll take care of her. Then he says he wants to marry her. And the dad asks if she knows. And what does he say to that? What does Ducky say? I don't remember. He's trying to pick his moment. And the dad is talking about true love and he's specifically talking about andy's mom and about how one day she just split three years ago up and split and the dad still loves her he still loves her but the dad says something that ducky will probably not take to heart is hey she might not love you 
Yeah, he says, you can love Andy, but it doesn't mean she'll love you back. But the dad has to go, because what, what does the dad have to do? He's off to work. Nope. He has to go vacuum. Oh, I thought he was off to work. He doesn't have a job yet. Oh, does he lead him to believe he's off to work? No, he says, I have to go vacuum. Oh, okay. Just like Doug's that. dad, he vacuums <laughs> as he's shirt cocking. But In the next scene. Andy is looking into a mirror at work, and she's wearing very 80s punk, punk rockish sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And Blaine shows up. And he has a complaint. What is Blaine's complaint? About the album. But she is flirting with him hardcore. And she rattles off a, a bunch of suggestions. Well, if you didn't like him, you might like this. You Madonna might. or some others. Lionel Richie is another one. Yeah. And an alarm goes off. And apparently Andy's the only one that's at work. So she has to go so take... Run in the back and Ducky is back there. <laughs> he set off the alarm. And then who shows up at the front of the store? Steph shows up. And what is it that he wants Blaine to go with him to do shoot some trap man is that a euphemism no they are actually, actually going, trap shooting rich people yeah do that a lot okay doesn't doug do that he said he has gone trap shooting just a couple times though but it's not a common thing so and then blaine leaves without saying goodbye alarm goes off again and, and ducky <laughs> leaves andy's upset she's turning off the alarm she's upset but then the next thing goes to andy's room and she's playing her messages and... Tons the, from Ducky. How many from Ducky? Did you even count? Five. The first five, or actually the only five, are from Ducky. And the phone rings. And this is also a thing that I'm sure people have done in real life when somebody is co- constantly calling. And in the films, when you do this, it's usually you say it to the wrong person. Because you think it's somebody and you say, okay, I'll call you tomorrow, Ducky. And she hangs up and it would have been Blaine. But it actually was Ducky. Right. So that's six times. Even this girl's phone is pink. pink. Yes. Everything in her room is pink. It's unbelievable. Is this a phase that she's going to grow out of? Uh, I would think so, but I think she would always have pink in her wardrobe. But it wouldn't be the only... Like all over the house, no. Right. And so the Amtrak train is going right by their house. Once again, symbolism, wrong side of the yeah. tracks. But, the, but that morning, guess what happens? The dad is up first. And what is he doing? He's cooking her breakfast. And he tells her he's... Got a job interview. Yeah, and she's so proud of him. But the the dad does not realize that she doesn't eat eggs. Yeah, because she always cooks breakfast. And there's a doggy, which, you know... Doggy! It's always good when there's a dog. Actually, no, he, he has a job. It's not a job interview. He has a job. Apparently. Yeah, that's right. He has a job. Yep. But he won't tell her where. Uh, when does he start? Soon. <laughs> yes, very, very vague. And he's just kind of, eh, you know, it's okay. It's not a big deal. And she says it is a big deal. And she's proud of him. And we go to the school. Yeah, so we break into a schoolyard scene where Blaine is looking for Andy outside. And he does not look like he belongs there. This is apparently like, the the poor uh, section of the prison yard. Yeah, sort of. It's like a side yard for the school outside. It is. We, we When we were in... By a loading dock looking kind of thing. I think it's just kind of like a back area where they'd have yeah, recess if it maybe. was if they had that kind of thing. I remember uh, my high school had a, a smoking lounge for students. No. Yes. No. Yes. Oh, they, my God. <laughs> Did you go to that? I couldn't. I was an athlete. Oh, if they caught athletes out there? Well, you could be out there, but if you got caught smoking, you got suspended from, not from school, but for, from playing games. I think they only had the smoking lounge the first two years I was in high school. 
That's crazy. I've never heard of that. Well, this, I mean, I know kids go off and smoke, but still. Well, and then, you know, there is the very cliche teacher's lounge thing where the teacher's lounge opens and it's just smoke billowing out. That's the same way it was That's in our awful. middle school and in yeah. high school. But it's his first time out in the yard. He tells her that. And then he pretty quickly asks her out for Friday. And she says yes. Yeah, And she says that she liked his computer trick. Computers never got anybody late in the 80s. Nobody. Ever. <laughs> Except that one time. Except that one time. And, you know, she, she says that she'll go out with him. And so when you ask somebody out and they say, sure, they'll go. Then you decide on a time and then say, I'll pick you up. Correct. Where do you live? She's a little dodgy about where she lives. She does not want him to see her house. So she tells him to pick her up at her work. At no, the record she, store. no, she says to pick her up. This is a, he does. He's, she he says, says the mall, mall, but it's, it's the record store. The record store is actually just across the street from Correct. the mall. And uh, it just didn't make sense to me because she doesn't work at the mall. She's embarrassed because she's poor. And then Steph goes up to Blaine and says, why were you outside? Yes. And, and Steph calls Andy a mutant and says that she doesn't have anything. It makes Blaine feel really bad for kind of liking Andy. And Steph says, it's your life. It's none of my business. Um, and Blaine actually says, you don't think she has something? And he's like, no, she has nothing. And so I was going to say this scene, him making his friend feel bad for what we know as the audience that Steph actually wants to go out with Andy. But at this point, he's making his friend feel bad about wanting to go on a date with someone. Have you ever made a friend feel bad for wanting to go out with someone? No. For any reason? No. Okay, I haven't either. Okay. Yeah, but have have you ever had your friends question someone that you were going out with? Sure. Yeah, no, I talked about that a lot on the podcast. My <laughs> my friends really did not like most of the girls that I dated. Well, yeah, I know. Well, that one girl I dated, but you know, I I was not a big dater. That that's kind of the thing where, you know, outside of one or two different people, there is there are definitely girls that I did not go out with just because not because of my personal choice, but just because I don't think it would have sat well with a particular group of friends. And it wasn't like this girl was somebody that I really liked that I really want to go out, but it was someone that I liked and I could have seen it possibly going somewhere. But it was, it wasn't, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. It was the, the hassle wasn't worth what I had emotionally invested in that at that time. I understand. Okay. The next scene's in her bedroom. And Ducky is dancing and Andy's trying to help him with his homework. And she asks him if he's flunking his classes on purpose to avoid the future. Well, so he can stay in high school. He is, he has bedroom privileges with this girl. Yes. He is solidly, solidly friend zoned. (laughs) Solidly. Good job, honey. But she does say to him, what are we, what are we going to do next year when we don't see each other 20 times a day? What am I going to do? And this is where she says they've been glued at the hip for eight years. And she is, she's not doing it intentionally, but she is really kind of playing with him a little bit because as they're talking, she is all up in his face, like nose to nose. I don't think she's playing with him. I don't think. No, I don't think she's doing it intentionally, but. Okay. 
she's giving him signs unintentionally. He, if if you have a girl that is all, you know, of course, of her course. nose is just like me and the dog. You know, it but, is a sign of aggression. Her nose is all <laughs> up in his grill, and if I was him, I would have taken. You know, she's that close. You bridge that extra two Go inches in for the little kiss. Yeah, why not? And so he she would, goes to get something to drink, and, and he would be rock hard from this interaction. Oh, okay, Matthew. No, as a high school kid, the wind blows. But she leaves him alone in his room, in her room. Yes. And he's talking to himself. He's talking he's to himself. And he, he would be going her. through her panty drawer. No. Yes, he would. No. Yes, he would. You have a guy in no, a girl's Matthew. room and he's gonna alone for a while. He is going. He, he has is, no idea when she'll be back. But what he is doing is saying to himself, he loves her. And he needs to tell her soon because he needs to know how she feels about him. If she laughs, she laughs. Now, she hears Ducky singing through the vents while she's in the kitchen and and she starts laughing. So it's entertaining. She doesn't hear the other part, but she hears him singing. I was a less cool, worse dressed version of Ducky. Really? And who, who was Andy? Every woman ever. <laughs> I mean, no, there. I mean, there was one girl in particular that I was super, super good friends with, and I didn't even get friend zoned by her. I just never took. I never bridged those two inches. I never took that step. I never took that risk. Why? I I wouldn't have been able to deal with how painful the rejection was. Which is why Ducky doesn't. And I never would have been able to deal with what I would have done if I had actually had a shot with her. It was no matter which way it went, I would have lost. Because it was uh, it was something that would have meant too much to me no matter what. Mm, interesting. But... Uh, Andy re-enters the room and Ducky... Just he, he just bolts. He GGs out of there. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's he's gone. He just is like, oh, okay, this is too much. So the next day, they're in gym class playing volleyball, amongst other things. Those are very weird gym uniforms. I don't know. I went to a private school. We didn't do those kind of uniform things. We had uh, at least in middle school. I don't know about. I don't remember high school if we did or not. But in middle school, we had uniforms for gym class. And there were a pair of shorts and it was a reversible shirt. And there was no female version, no male version. It was just a version. These seem to be very, and it's an all-female gym class too, which seems weird because this is a public high school. This is not a private high school. It seems odd. Okay. But Jenna and Andy are talking. So Jenna's the character we met in the bar. And Jenna's smoking, and they're talking about plans for the weekend, and Andy says that she'll be studying. She's afraid, just like other characters are embarrassed to be with her, Andy has reservations about telling her friends about her intentions to try to get with this rich guy. Date a Richie. But the, the friend puts out her heater on the floor, and they get brought over to all of them, and then the gym teacher is there, and... The friend says something to one of the popular girls. What does she say? I hope they shrivel up and fall off. And 
the gym teacher thinks that they are going to get them to kind of like back down and says, what did you say? And she repeats it. She reiterates it. And uh, the popular girl silently tells Andy to eat shit. And Andy ends up in the principal's office. Yeah. So right after that, and he's telling her she's doing well and she'll likely get a scholarship. Andy tells him she's just tired of getting shit on. She's tired of her and her friends getting dumped on and she's just sick of it. And the principal says, just forget about it. So basically Andy did all that to get her and her friend out of trouble. Yeah. Andy gets Jenna off. Well, figuratively. And then the principal says something about putting out signals about not wanting to belong. Yeah. If you put out those signals, people will believe it. You know, not being familiar with this kind of separation. I mean, there was definitely clicky stuff in my high school, but nothing like this. It wasn't violently clicky. It was just this group and that group, and there were people that crossed Agreed. groups. Agree. Same. But Ducky runs up. So Andy's walking down the hall. Duck, Ducky shows up to check on her, and Andy just kind of leaves. Well, no. What does Ducky say he wants to do? I don't remember. He says he wants to take her away this weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he wants to take her fishing. Yeah. Yeah, no. And then uh, Ducky brushes into like one of the rich kids. and then Like three rich guys kind of, he brushes up against one of them. And then three of them basically, I would say, throw him in the girl's restroom, bathroom area. Yes. And there's a, there's actually some funny scene in here, but I wanted to pause for a minute and I would think, based on Ducky's character, that he would get bullied quite a bit in high school. Um, I, I don't know. Um, you think he's in that kind of in between where he wouldn't? Because I was wondering, did physical bullying happen a lot in your high school? Uh, a little bit, not a lot. I mean, did I get bullied? Eh, probably. Did I get intimidated by some people? Oh, absolutely, sure. But I think the thing about Ducky is he carries himself with such a bravado. With such- oh, yeah. He handles it beautifully. He makes a joke. He talks about the stall doors and then asks if the tampon machine's a candy machine. I mean, he handles this whole getting thrown in there beautifully. And. You know, he is a sharp dresser. He is. His hair's a little fucked, but I mean, he's he's a sharp dresser. Yeah, he's going for some weird look with it's, the hair. It's kind of an Elvis, yeah. Elvish thing. A little outdated, yeah. But as, in your words, I think this is a guy that would have slayed a lot of trim in high school. My words. Those yeah. are your words that creep into my brain. <laughs> well, you said it last week. No, but I think not on the rich side, but Andy can't be the only poor girl even though they did talk about how andy realizes that she's lucky she realizes she's lucky to be getting that kind of education almost like she's a transplant student where she's being bussed in to this school i caught that with the principal too it makes you wonder if she is kind of in the minority of the students that maybe is getting bussed over but there was enough people in that outdoor scene where Oh yeah, probably. We're blamed. Yeah. I mean, there was not a not a like negligible amount. Yeah. So I don't really understand it. But now we're at uh, the record the music store, store. Mm-hmm. and Iona's. Andy, Andy's wearing a really nice dress. 
but Iona's playing with an adding machine. <laughs> yeah. And Ducky shows up and he starts lip singing, singing, sinking, sinking. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't say what we were drinking, but I'm already a couple beers in and ready for more. Uh, he is, and he's dancing. And what I found funny about this scene, what song? Do you remember what song it was? Try a little tenderness. I think it's Teddy Pendergrass. Yeah. Iona looks so entertained and enthralled by his performance. And Andy just looks disgusted. I I think there's a lot of ways that this movie could have played out different ways. But I think that Ducky's play is Iona. Oh, for sure. She is looking at him longingly, for sure. But his whole thing with doing the the lip syncing to the song and dancing around. I, I would think that that would, that would, that would cause an impression that would garner him. It's like somebody that has this much confidence, somebody that is this sure of themselves that, you know, confidence is sexy. Uh, He owned it and sure. And it was sexy. He owned it. And that's why when I read the reviews, it said that, you know, John Cryer, John Cryer's character was a very one note. I disagree. 100%. So, so super layered. But I felt bad for him. And he's, in my notes, he's a good looking guy. I'm, he's not Kevin Costner, but um, he's dressing impressive. He's got confidence. He would do well. And I, as you said, Iona is completely digging. He might be overdoing it a little bit, but it's but, still, it's a ballsy move. Yeah, he's confident. He's cocky. He he just really owns that scene. But in the in that scene, Ducky calls Andy his love of his life. But she kind of just laughs it off. I don't think she takes she that. She does. She goes to the bathroom. She's she's more concerned that Blaine is late. It's after seven. He said he'd be there at seven. Iona said he probably isn't coming. Well, and Ducky doesn't know what it is. No, he doesn't. But then guess who shows up late? Blaine. Blaine. Blaine's at the door. And Andy Ducky is comes clearly again. upset. Yes, crestfallen. Crestfallen is, is, is the word you're looking for. Okay, thanks. And and she tells Ducky it is a date. Like, he's so upset she has to go talk to him, explain to him that it is a date. And then Ducky tells her that Blaine is going to shit on her and he is not going to be there to pick up the pieces. I am, I was... I will forever be Ducky. Duckman. And when he says, I will not be there to pick up the pieces, it reminded me a lot of when Dawson is talking to Joey about Pacey, when Joey is trying to make the decision of who she's going to go with, Dawson or Pacey, and he says, I will not be here to pick up the pieces. Yeah, from Dawson's Creek. Yeah, is... Very much the same thing, and just like for Dawson, same can work out for Ducky either. Yeah, and it's not true. They will be. They care about them too much as a person. I don't know. You've never had somebody that you had a super close relationship with that there was a point where you just walked away and that was it, you were done with them? That has happened. I mean, that happened to me with somebody in high school. Yeah, that has happened. So, I mean, there are things where... But not over this type of circumstance. Sometimes the hurt is just too much. Well, that's, what, that's why I don't like to feel, is because... <laughs> you feel for me, baby. 
Okay. So Ducky says he cannot like her anymore. She better not come back to him to pick up the pieces. And basically, that's it. The, like, she just leaves with Blaine. For the only time in this film, I feel bad for Blaine at this point. Yes, because he doesn't even know kind of how to deal with this situation. Well, any date, first date, especially when it's somebody you do not have an established background with, you're kind of playing off your back foot to start with. And this digs him into a huge hole. And he is almost put in an unwinnable situation because she's all got this mental ducky thing going on now. Yeah. Um, but she asked Blaine where they're going, and he says they're going to a party with his friends. And well, what does he ask her before she asks where they're going? I don't remember. Do you want to go home and change? <gasps> I do remember. And she's like, I did. I changed already. I was taking a girl. I was picking up a girl that I was taking to a wedding. Tabby's wedding, actually. And I picked her up at work and I said, hey, do you need to go and change? And she said she already did. <laughs> so you totally screwed up and so did Blaine in this scene. But he says that they need to be above the bullshit of their friends. And so they might as well just go. Then there's a quick scene of Ducky sitting on a newspaper dispenser in the rain, just kind of wallowing in his pain. It's a little too on the nose that he's sitting there and then the rain starts. Yes, I agree. But but they end up at this party at this house that she loved. This it's not, house. It's not just a house. It it's is Steph's the house. house. It's, well, it's the house she loved. Yes, it's the house she was sitting in front of, and it's Steph's house. And immediately from the jump, Andy's getting harassed by a girl making fun of her pearls. Yep. They walk in, and it's a problem from the jump. And this reminded me of, oh gosh, what's his name? Sherman. Sherman. What the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. Basically. Same thing. And. Andy wants no part of this scene, and Blaine says he can't believe he's friends with these people, but he says, hey, let's go upstairs. Well, so before they go upstairs, there's a half-naked woman dancing with Steph in two rooms over. I have to know, did this happen at Doug's high school parties where people dancing in their underwear? Uh, There was naked people in hot tubs, um, but that was just all guys. Uh, There were... Not post homecoming type things where some stuff like this happened, but nothing that I was ever there for. So you missed out. Uh, it was you know more for the the, the Richies. It wasn't for the poor people <laughs> like me. Okay, so he asks her to go upstairs, and she's clearly not happy about that request. And and he says, "I didn't." Well, no, she says, "I didn't come here to get you off." Correct. Which is really a strange piece of dialogue for a little bit too much saying exactly what they mean. I actually appreciated the honesty. No, I, I, I agree with that, but it's just... You're saying women can't be... No, no, no. I'm saying the dialogue is movies usually would not say something that on the nose, that flat think- out at that time frame. I think Andy throughout the, except when it comes to her relationship with Ducky, I think other relationships, she pretty much says exactly what she's thinking. But the the whole get you off thing. Oh, okay. Well, usually in the in films, it would be more, I'm not here to screw around with you. Yeah, or, more, yeah. 
But he says he'll put his hands in his pockets. And this is kind of a there. cute thing that he it does is. here. It's, it's a very... He said, I will leave my hands in my pockets. And then he picks up some beer and pretzels with his teeth. And they head upstairs. And they go into a room and Steph is in there. And I don't know if this is true. I think it is. Steph seems like he's high. High, drunk, something. And uh, Steph pretends to not know Andy. Which is completely... Not Bullshit. true based on what we've seen already Which I can't in believe at this point. I just can't believe Andy wouldn't tell Blaine. Like, this douchebag's been hitting on me for three years. Four years. But a uh, popular girl that has been in a couple scenes earlier comes this in from the bitchy bathroom. Benny. Okay, Benny. The one that I mentioned. Bitchy Benny. That's what I called her. Uh, and she says, am I having a nightmare? Because of the fact that Andy has the gall to be at Steph's party. And she says, you shouldn't be allowed to invite just anyone. <laughs> yes, and she calls Blaine a faggot. She uses the other F word, yes. Yes, she did. And uh, Benny and Steph leave, and Steph actually in this particular scene wasn't being that bad of a person. I understand that is a very low he, bar. I agree. He said, we'll, we'll leave and leave you the room, basically. But Andy just wants to leave, and he says, I don't want to take you home. I'll take you anywhere. Where you want. And he says he has clearly overestimated his friends. And he says, what, do you want to hit me? Be my guest. I would have loved it if she would have hit him. <laughs> and I, I, I think that it would have not been a dishonest moment in the film if she had. Not like... Yeah, but she a, likes him. She's not going to hit him. I mean, unless it was a playful hit, she's not going to do have that. Have you ever hit a guy? Have I ever hit you? <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> when? When? No, I don't remember ever slapping, hitting anyone other than in a playful way. I had a... Uh, I can't remember. I'm trying to remember which one. But I was trying to do like the, the, the fake punch where they do it but they miss your face like a movie and punch. <laughs> and she fucking clocked me right in the jaw. Who is this? I don't remember which one it was. It was, oh, one, okay. of, it was one of two people. It was your high school person? I, I don't think so. I think it was actually the one girl that I punched. Okay. I, I've told the story about the girl I punched, right? Not to me. Maybe on the podcast. So I was at a party New Year's Eve. And it was at B-Dub's brother's condo in downtown Milwaukee. And... We were playing darts. We were playing cricket. And, you know, I'm shooting. Ding, ding, ding. And I had to hit like a 20 to win the game. And I hit either a double 20 or a triple 20. So I busted. And I just did one of those things where you just don't look and you kind of turn and you just throw your fist in anger. And there was someone standing by you. And I just clocked this girl and knocked her down. I do remember this story. That's awful. All right. So in the next scene, we're at the bar. And so here, Andy... Basically, Blaine took Andy to where Andy didn't want to go. So Andy's now taking Blaine to her place of hangout where he probably doesn't want to go. Right. But Ducky and Iona are inside. And as Blaine and Andy walk in, you can tell Blaine isn't comfortable from the jump. He's not comfortable. Ducky sees them walk in and he puts his arm around Iona, which is funny. And Iona says that Ducky told her he would not ride by Andy's house anymore. Well, that's what he did because he didn't have a car. He rides on his bike. Yes. and But basically saying I'm done with her. But Ducky is clearly acting like a jerk. Yeah, he's ignoring Andy as, as she sits down. 
But Blaine gets introduced to Iona and to Ducky uh, again, even though he's kind of sort of met them before. And Ducky calls him Phil. Yeah, no, he's, she, he, he's mocking Blaine. Okay. No, no, Phil is Ducky's real name. Oh, she calls him Phil. That's right. Oh, and she asked Ducky to leave even. And no, she says, would you like us to leave? Oh, would you like us to leave? And Ducky says, yes. And then Andy calls Ducky the R word. Oh. And then Ducky kisses Iona. And I don't think Iona minded. He yells at Andy that she's been replaced. Well, that's an upgrade, honestly. Yeah. And then Ducky takes Iona and just kind of dips her down and lays a big old kiss on her. And it is clear that Iona really enjoyed that kiss. So how old is Iona, do you think? I would Mid-20s, say... Mid-20s, 24? 30. Oh, so it's she's quite a bit older. Yeah, 30. And then afterwards, Andy and Blaine are outside, and he says, what now? Yeah, where should they go now? Anywhere. And she said, she, just take me home. But she doesn't want him to see her house. And. But, well, he, he says, you want to go to my house? No. You want to eat? No. And you want me to take you home? No. And she's embarrassed because of where she lives. Correct. And she finally does tell him that, which again, I give her credit for saying what's on her mind. You know, I think that this this scene, there's a lot of this movie that hits home for me, especially with Ducky's character, because I relate to the guy that should get the girl that doesn't. Because that was a lot of me in high school, where it's like all these women that should have been falling over themselves to be with me, they weren't. And why should they have been falling all over you? Because of how awesome I was then compared to now. (laughs) But um, the whole thing about being embarrassed about your house, this is another thing that kind of hit home for me. Because I think our son is embarrassed when he has some of his Dublin friends at our house because of we're so poor. (laughs) So just to be clear to the audience, in case anyone is still (laughs) listening, uh, we live in a pretty nice house, 3,000 square foot house, three car garage, nice, nice neighborhood. Like it's a really nice house, above average house for sure. However, Dawson ended up at an after prom party last year in Dublin with a house that was twice the size of ours with a media room, a go-kart track out back. I mean, horse stables, you name it. They had everything, right? This huge, huge home. And then he comes home and he goes, why are you, why are we so poor? (laughs) It's funny. It is funny, but it's all relative, right? So what is normal for a kid is the environment they grow up in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So when they see something more or less, they think that's not normal. Well, when you see somebody that has a nicer house, they're rich. You see somebody that has a lesser house, they're poor. Mm -hmm. And whether I've been able to do it or not, one of the things I tried to stress to our kids when when we take them to birthday parties or drop them off at somebody's house for a play date or a sleepover or whatever it was is... If somebody has a nicer house than we do, it doesn't mean they are better than us. If somebody has a worse house than us, it doesn't mean they're worse than us. It, it just means circumstances are different. It doesn't make a person a good person or a bad person, whether or not they have material things. And I think both of our sons understand that. 
And I also think both of our sons, it did not matter because we know they're friends. Sure. And it's a pretty wide range of... Yeah, big mix. Yeah, big mix on every dimension. Every dimension. But now they're at Andy's house. No. Yes. They're outside. They're outside. Where? He does not go inside. He doesn't go inside, no. No, but they get out of the car and he tells her he had a great time because he was with her. And that's blame. a stretch. He, I, I, I can't imagine that this was a great time, but he, he's, oh, by far it was not. It would be like the worst date for me. But he, they're in front of his car headlights and he asks her to prom and she kisses him. I'm like, huh? Well, you missed something important here. Okay, sorry. He says he has a great time and she's having a hard time believing that. And she says, I don't think that we work, that we can work. I don't think that this will work. And he says, they can try. And would you feel better if I asked you to prom? Oh, correct. That's great correction. Great correction. And then she kisses him. And then I'm just thinking young love. And, you know, there is, uh, and don't get me wrong. It's, it's okay when I kiss you, but when, huh? <laughs> just the, daggers being stared by when when the the first time you know you kiss someone it has that that oh, that, yeah. that that magic that, that electricity yeah. yeah i get that i haven't had a first kiss in 20 some years yeah it, it it's it's been a, a hot minute it so. has been but i mean think about it think about you cannot tell me the last you might be able to the last place i kissed you or you kissed me it was probably last night going to bed. It was last okay. night in bed. But I can for certain tell you the the first place that I kissed you. I can too. Is that a bar? <laughs> yes, because you had a cheesy line and I went for it. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, it's like the fact that... And then that, you kissed me a lot outside the bar. Yeah, well, it, it is what it is. Not out, Not outside the bar. We did kiss outside the bar. I do not remember that. Oh my gosh, you walked me out to my car and we kissed. We drove together. No, we did not. We met there. It was a it was a second date. We met there. It, it, we we drove not. separately to Burns Pub? Yes. Well, did I follow you back to your house? Yes. Okay. okay. And then you drove home. Yeah. With issues. <laughs> Anyways. Sad jerk, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andy runs into her house and she screams and she tells her dad, it happened. Quote, it happened. It did now take what? the whole movie like in Breakfast Club or 16 Candles. She got her kiss at 50 minutes into the film instead of at the end of the film like those two. Yeah, but the fact that she runs in and does quote, it happened. Like, wouldn't you, if Dawson comes in running and says it happened, what would you say? <laughs> well, if, if it is his, well, it wouldn't be his first kiss, but I, I it's for her... I get it, it. It's but about he, being asked to prom. It correct. is not, it she's, is not it's about, about being asked to prom. But is that her first kiss? <sighs> I can't. You can read it either way. I'm not sure. I, I would say no, but I don't she's kind of her, you know, she, her group, what we see of it, granted it's in a, we have a small sample size. But we don't have a lot she doesn't have exposure to her exposure to men is Ducky, Steph. And Blaine. Those are the only men she has any interaction with besides her dad. Yeah, but she's also a senior and she's probably been kissed before that. Anyways, she explains to her dad that Blaine is a Richie. 
And she thinks she loves him. Yeah. yeah. Well, he asks, are you in love? Yeah, I think I am. Really? One date? <sighs> that's why I think maybe she hasn't been kissed before. Because Oh, okay. That's why you think that. Because I can tell you right now, I did not love anybody after one date, including you. Well, especially I not was, after a one day. I would say me. our first date was awful, and I only went out with you because I had a two-date rule. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you would have been done after one date, and we wouldn't have two kids right now. Yeah, but I would have been okay. I was I'm still, sure you I was still in my prime. I mean, you were getting up there a little bit. You were starting to— Oh, please. You you're were, two years younger than me. You were a little baby crazy, though. You were like, your, your, talk, your clock was going tick, 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 you tick, tick. You can say that all you want, honey, but I had a plan, so <laughs> I did not need you. Okay. So she tells her dad that her friends are not supportive. And he tells her if it's love, it's worth it. Yeah. And he says something about, um, well, sleep on it because a good kiss can scramble scramble anybody's brain. brain. Yep. And this is the break point where we're done with our first night's watching because we split this into two nights. And you needed to say that why? Uh, because in case the notes get a little bit weird here for a second, because I wasn't sure exactly where the split well, was. Well, the only thing I was going to say before you stop is he apologizes to A&D that she has to talk to him because her mom isn't there. You know, there is, uh, you're obviously your relationship with your parents is different, assuming that you have two parents. You know, the way that you act with your father as a child versus the way you act with your mother as a child is different and it's definitely true for me. I'm sure it was true for you. It's true. And our kids, it's true. They interact with you very differently than they interact with me. And yeah, it is, it's weird because they, when I raise my voice, they're kind of like, whatever, because I raise my voice all the time. But when you raise your voice, they get a little freaked out because you do not raise your voice all the time. You rarely raise your voice, but but yes, if you get upset, it's one response. If I get upset, the whole earth is shaking. <laughs> and they know I screwed up royally. And, you know, I would tell them, it's like, hey, I, I told I told Dylan this. I told our oldest this. You have to learn how to handle your mother. You cannot, you have to think about what you are saying. You have to think about the context of the things you are saying. You are not a, you know, a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old child that can say everything to your mother now without it having any kind of repercussion. You can't say this and then say that, which are complete juxtaposition, and then think that she's just going to roll, that you have to own the fact that you're an adult. And you also have to learn that you need to manage the women in your life because otherwise you will have problems for the rest of your life. That's interesting. You have to learn how to manage the women in your life? How you speak to them? Absolutely. You cannot just, you can say stuff to, I can say stuff to Doug that I can say, you know, I can tell Doug, hey, you're being a fucking asshole. <laughs> and if I say that to that's you, just, that's a problem. That's just bro things. Yes, you do not say that to a spouse, a loved one. No, you can say it to wife, a loved one. Mother. I'd say it to my brother. Okay, that's different, but you don't say it to wife, mother. You're right, I guess. So if you want to use the word manage with that, I'm, manage your own language maybe is a better way to say it. You have to. You're not managing me. No, you're not. Man, no, that's what I mean. It's, you're not managing. It's not like he's controlling you. It's just he, he has to think about what he says to you. And, the, and and it's not just the things you say. One of the things that I've we've talked about a lot is it's not the message 
a lot of times it is the tone of the message. And and I'm growing through this too, Matthew. We have an adult. He's 19 years old. We have an adult son. And I am also trying to manage how I communicate with him because he's not my child anymore that I can tell what to do and he's just going to do it. And I, I think with um, the the thing about the youngest versus the oldest one is the youngest one is in a lot of it's false bravado, but he is so cocky, especially when it comes to me. And I don't think he does that with you where. No, he's vulnerable with me. He talks, you know, he shows how, how tough he is and how great he is. And it, it's almost like he's, he's pandering to me. He's trying to show off for you. And, you know, when we, when we play pool, which isn't as much as it used to be, it's always, well, the reason I lost you, even though I'm better than you, is because God hates me. <laughs> yeah, he gets all those side one lines, whatever, from you, Matthew. Okay, getting back to the movie. The next scene, Ducky is riding his bike in front of Andy's house, and he is clearly upset. How many vests does Ducky own? I think he has a vest on in every scene in this film. Tons. But Andy's actually at Iona's apartment. And so both Ducky, I think, and we see Ducky's bedroom. We don't see his Ducky's house. We see Ducky's bedroom a little bit later. Ducky, I think, is from the same economic strata. as Yeah, because he's got it, a mattress on the floor. Right, and yeah. spray paint on the wall. We understand Andy makes her own clothes. But aside from his shoes, which are a little bit kind of... Out there. Ducky's wardrobe would not be cheap. No, it's styling. It's styling. Okay, so Andy is at Iona's apartment, and Iona's asking for the scoop about her date from the night before. And Andy well, Where's shares, her apartment? In Chinatown. Okay, but we, we do see Ducky has shown up in Chinatown, except it's not actually Ducky. It's Ducky's stunt double because he's oh, riding wheelies. wheelies. Yeah. Which 100%... It's not, not John Cryer. Okay. But Andy is like sharing a little bit about what happened. And she said, I kissed him. Anywhere and, interesting. And that's what Iona says. Anywhere interesting. Do women talk about this afterwards? I mean. Oh, women talk about dates. Yes. Well, you talk about dates, but there's a great friend scene after Rachel and Ross have their first kiss where, you know, the girls are all like, oh, tell us all about it. We're going to get ice cream da 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 and i think as joey says tongue and then russ says yeah and they're like cool and that's it but i've heard that girls are when talking about more descriptive more disgusting like down to disgusting descriptive like please get the words right well i mean descriptive we want to unfold the story yeah but i mean how graphic would you get so let let's let's put you out of high school let's put you in college fine so you're, oh. yeah, you're, you're talking with your girls afterwards. You went out with, or you hooked up at the bar or whatever with, with guy and you're, you're talking about it. I mean, how deep in the weeds are you going? You know, it's like, I grabbed his cock. I mean, what are you, what are you saying? <laughs> it depends how good the situation was. No, but I mean, I can does describe, it get graphic though? Uh, you know, if it's worth getting graphic over, maybe. Okay. But, um. Anyways, so she said, I kissed him. She said, anywhere interesting. And then she said, does he have strong lips? And she says that she felt it everywhere. Yeah. So 
specifically, Iona says, did you feel it in your knees? Like, did your knees go weak? Basically that expression. And she said, I felt it everywhere. And then Iona says, when Ducky kissed her, her knees went up in flames. And yeah, Ducky's waiting outside. And Andy, I think, is going to use Iona's prom dress. No, 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 no. Not yet. Well, Iona's prom dress comes into the play. I know, but not yet. But Andy says, and he asked me to prom. And Andy is admiring the prom dress. And Iona's kind of reminiscing about her prom. And when she, she actually puts on the dress, which still fits, which is amazing if you're a woman of that age and your prom dress still fits. And the two of them starts dancing together. And you could tell Andy's just totally uncomfortable. And Iona has a line in here that where she says, why can't we start old and get young? Like Benjamin Button? Yeah. Movie I've never seen, by the way. Oh, I've seen it once. I loved that line because I always say that kind of energy's wasted on the young or the youth, you know. Um, yeah, but th- that's that's all bullshit. That's all I know because it would be if but if, if, if it worked that way, if it worked that way, you wouldn't you wouldn't play it the same. I know, way. but if you could take your knowledge and apply it to your no, younger self, no, I get it. No, but no. that's what she's saying. No, everybody says, and guys especially says, if I only knew then I what I know, we now. all have to go through our faces. No, but the thing is, it wouldn't help you. The only thing that that would happen is it would make things worse because you would know all the things you're missing out on. It's not that it's going to help you achieve these things for the most part. It's just going to be the things that you know you're missing out on by that experience that you have. Well, anyway, so Iona tells Andy to be kind to Ducky because now Iona has this soft spot in her heart for Ducky. And Ducky is outside in some random Asian guy goes up to him. I don't know why. I think, oh, here it is. He buys some Chinese aphrodisiacs. And then Iona's hair is weird in this scene. And her eyes, she has like the very, like the, what is that called? Smoky eyes. Yeah, she has a beehive hairdo. Yeah. It's like a beehive. It's uh, very fashionable. In the 50s? Yeah, long before her time. Long before her time. I, I think... Even as bad as this is, her hair here, it's still better than Andy's hair any time during this film. Stop it. You're rude. Okay. Moving on. The next scene, Blaine no, no, and no, Steph. No, 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 no. We're not done here. Okay, fine. They're, they're dancing together, and this is when she's talking, Ione is saying that she envies her, and yeah. envies Andy. And if this scene was written by me, at this point, the scene goes a very, very different way. Stop it, Matthew. But she says she's very big into nostalgia, and she drops she name drops a film what film does she name drop i don't remember the big chill she says oh, she's big into the big big chill which is by the way kevin costner's first film okay i i've heard of the big chill i might have seen it but i'm not sure it's all it, about people getting together for somebody's funeral and I'm kevin costner is sure the dead, I've seen it. dead guy I, i'm not sure i've seen it but um so that's why it had no impact on me i didn't write it down but iona's prom date had a wife and kids yeah <laughs> Poor Iona. And then also says how she had a good butt back in the day. She's got a good butt now. But she She's had got a good bod. And who does she have a date with that night? A guy that owns what? A pet store? Yeah. Our, well, you, I don't even know because they moved it. They, they moved the pet store I used to go to when I was depressed. I don't know where I'm going to go next time I get depressed <laughs> to pet dogs. But I guess pet stores, though, I mean, they make good money. If you're selling dogs at three three grand a click, 
you sell a dog a day, that's a good day. You're doing it. You're having a good day. But the last thing before this scene is over is Andy is walking out, and I pointed this out to you when we were watching this. What kind of jacket does Andy have on? Uh, Korea. Jacket. <laughs> the jacket that Andy has on says Korea. Yeah, it says Korea on it. Did she wear that because she was going to Chinatown? <laughs> I don't know, but it is a pink. Yeah, and Iona is going out for sushi, and then we go to I another scene. Sushi. And who, Matthew, have you ever eaten sushi? Yes. When? I don't know. You never have eaten sushi. I eat sushi all the time. You never will eat sushi with me. Doesn't mean I haven't eaten sushi. You haven't. Okay. The next scene, Blaine and Steph are in Steph's house in like an office area rolling a joint. Yeah. Steph is sorting his drugs. Yeah. And Steph says not to bring Andy around. Just nail her and get it over with. And tells him, tells Steph tells Blaine basically if he hangs out with Andy that the two of them can no longer be friends. Well, what did Steph accuse Blaine of doing? He accused Blaine of foisting her on his friends, which I thought was an interesting way to put it. And then Blaine actually asked, is, is that all that matters? Money? Because he's, yeah. Steph is hung up on the fact that she's poor. And then, um, Steph points out that Blaine's parents probably not going to sign off on the whole Andy tip thing. Yeah. So I asked you a little bit of something similar before, but like if you liked a girl and your friends liked the girl, would you make up something like this as the reason to force them away? Thinking maybe they'll pick you or whatever. Like, I don't know. It just felt weird knowing that he actually has been crushing on her this whole time i don't think he's crushing on her as you said i think that it's a conquest thing mm-hmm. but you know i i think it it's weird in a lot of my friends in high school um not the doug group the other group they were big into the well i dated this girl for a while no you dated this girl for a while they had a lot of commonalities and these aren't like commonalities of women they hooked up with. These are like girls they dated for periods of time. And I always thought that was weird. And I'm not friends with, well, I'm not friends with anyone, but I'm not friends with any of the girls that I dated. I have been at times. I'm friends with some of the girls I hooked up with, but I'm not friends with any of the girls I dated. But I just think it's weird. So the, I only have one boyfriend in common with one high school friend so we both dated the same guy she actually ended up marrying him after high school getting pregnant and marrying him she got pregnant like 21 married him they got divorced years later but that's the only person I dated that a girlfriend also dated and I dated him first and this scene if I was going to try to draw a correlation I remember being so angry at her for going out with him after we broke up. I was still a little bit hung up on him and she went out with him. But the thing is, she was mad at me because she actually liked him before I even went out with him and I knew it, but he was interested in me. So we both had reasons why we were mad but I remember 
getting over it one night and talking to her about it. If you two are happy, then I'm happy for you. Like I'm totally over it, but it took some time. So it's not really a great comparison, but it's the only time I can think of where a friend of mine and myself both like the same person. See, women generally found me repulsive, so it was a lot easier because it didn't actually come up a lot. Honey, like, I don't understand this. It's true. Ask anybody I went to high school with. You must have been a complete weirdo in high school. There was a lot of, you never knew me when I was full mat. I mean, you, you, you describe full mat and I don't, I need you to describe full mat more because I ask you that over dinner and you won't even go into any type of conversation. It's something you can't explain. It's something you have to experience. No, I, I, I had so much anger and so much hatred and so much towards who angst, everybody yourself. Oh, that hasn't gone away. I still hate myself. But I mean, even for like... Uh, you Why? Look, Why would you hate someone? There are reasons. What reason? What reason could there possibly be to hate someone? There were reasons. And like I said, I've gotten past all that. The only hatred that remains is uh, for one person I used to work with, work for in Nationwide. And beyond that, um, myself. A coach. Or are you over that? Okay, and and, and, and my high school basketball coach. Sorry, <laughs> forgot about, forgot about him. But, because I don't see angry Matt. No, you don't. That's the thing. I mean, you you killed angry Matt. I did. So so now you're for, loving Matt. I wouldn't go with that far, but you are to me. But the, 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 you are this amazing, wonderful <sighs> husband to me. The the thing that the the closest thing, the closest parallel I can pull here is. Um, We'll talk about T-Dog here. It was always Doug or Bob Jansen or it was never me. It was like her. Which, by the way, audience, Bob Jansen is not his real name. Well, her real name isn't T-Dog. I know. But sometimes you say first and last name. People think it's really the name. And it's not. I asked you that one day. <laughs> you asked me to explain who Bob is a long story. Anyway, go ahead. So it was always them. It was, it was always somebody else. And that was that was always a thing that that bothered me, you know, because I had a a close relationship with that person, and these other people did not. And it was always kind of it, it has to be me because I'm I'm like the, the element that's common because he doesn't care about her, he doesn't care about her. I do care about her, and I'm always the one that's like never the person that's in consideration. You can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. No, I think it was, it was one of those things where when, when someone gets divorced, you know, if, if a woman gets divorced or a guy, but a woman gets divorced and her husband loves one thing, like let's say that, the husband loves his big kink, if you will, is being tickled while they have sex and she won't do it for whatever reason. When they get divorced, the first guy that she hooks up with, she's going to tickle the hell out of as kind of like that F you, right? Sure. So anyway, never Anyways, mind. Anyways, next thing. 
Uh, they're in a barn. Andy and Blaine are in a barn, and they're sitting and talking on a blanket. There's hay. All it's a around. hunt club. What is a hunt club? Where they go hunting. Is that where they went trap dogs shooting? Dogs and yeah, I'm they're hunting like dogs. A, That's weird. No, you use hunting dogs to go after like birds and other stuff. I don't know pheasants. Yeah, whatever. So it's rich people stuff. Ducks, you know. Anyway, they she starts kissing his face, and she is kissing all over his face. Oh, she's putting the moves on him. Big time. Yeah, like sweet little, like, whispery kisses all over his face. And then, I don't remember the entire conversation, but she does say a line that's important here. And she says, if someone doesn't believe in me, I cannot believe in them. Well, there's, here, let me walk you through this. This won't work. He says he can tell them all to go to hell. That won't work. And she is trying so hard to keep eye contact with him, and he does not want to. As she's yeah, doing, because he's already contemplating how to like shut this down. Yeah, she says she doesn't have to lie, and Blaine says he wants to happen, and I said not realistic kissing, and he wants this to happen, quote unquote, this meaning the two of them. He wants it to work out, but really, he's already contemplating how to end it. But so th- they, but I mean, they, they've they've kissed already. Oh yeah, but lots. S- still not lots. They, I think I mean, lots. No, this little is only kisses. like their second date. So they had the kiss outside her house. Okay, but little kisses. But the the first kisses that you have with somebody when you are a senior in high school, they are much more, you know, getting in there. Passionate. Passionate, animalistic. They are ah, type kisses. And this is very... Not realistic. TV, movie. Okay. And... They stop, and then uh, they show Ducky. They, we, this is where we see Ducky's bedroom. And he's alone and sad. And he's he's having a sad jerk, and he's doing stop. doing the card thing. Yeah. Do, have you ever is. done the card thing? No. He's, he's doing the thing where he's throwing the playing cards, trying to get them in, in, the, in hat. the hat. Yeah, no. His room looks like a flop house. But th- the next day, Andy is at a dress Shopping store. Shopping for dresses, which... It's not going to work out because they're too expensive. But while Andy is looking at dresses, she's looking at price tags. And a prom dress that said $650 for the prom dress she was looking at, which, of course, she cannot afford. It's W over grand today. Oh, easily. But while she's looking in the store, Bitchy Benny is trying on a dress with her mom. But the the salesperson that comes up to Andy is kind of snotty and yeah, bitchy. D- dismissive of her. Yeah. Well, she can tell by the... How, how can she tell? Her clothing, the way she's looking at the Does, does her clothing checks. really show her being that poor? Well, I don't know clothes, but... name brand. It, it's a custom thing. I, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think nowadays not so much because actually that's really popular is to kind of, you know... Do your own thing? Yeah, yeah. But anyways, when Andy sees Bitchy Benny and her mom, <laughs> she, she just kind of ducks she out. She bails. Yeah. And then uh, Blaine is at home in in his bedroom and his phone is ringing. And this is the reason why I know that Blaine is not a good guy. Why? He's wearing pajamas. I've I've talked about (laughs) there's something wrong with... You have pajama pants. Do I wear them? Sometimes. When when I go to the grocery store, sure. (laughs) Not at night. I don't wear them at night because I'm not a... 
I'm not a crazy but they're person. They're just lounge pants, Matthew. Lounge pants. No, but he sleeps in in pajamas. And Whatever. He's suspect. So, so there's two, uh, like a cut scene or two scenes going on. There's Andy's house and Blaine's house where Blaine is at home. He's not answering the phone. Obviously, it's Andy calling. She's in her room petting her dog, Doggy, and she's very upset. And she leaves a message with Blaine's mom, but he's ghosting her already. I mean, this already. is already. I told you that when they were at the barn, he's planning on. But this is like proto ghosting because this is even before ghosting even existed. I agree. I agree. So you know, he's he's ahead of the curve. He Pajamas are not. You know, Stop. Props yes. to him. But right as Andy's getting pretty upset, her dad walks in and he has bought her what? He has bought her a dress. What color? It's pink, but there's a couple things you missed as she's on the phone. First of all, cell phones change everything. I mean, a lot of uh, TV sitcom plots, a lot of movie plots fall apart because of cell phones, because cell phones give you immediacy. They give you the ability to, you never have an excuse for not answering the phone unless you actually turn your phone off. And I, I guarantee if you are in a super serious relationship, you and your girlfriend are going to have a live 360 shared thing where you know where each other are so you can't say you were this place or you're you were that place but andy tells her dog do not fall in love and she picks up a sketch pad and we've never seen this before but i think this is a dress designing thing and that's when the dad comes in and he has brought her this dress and she says that she can make something of it and he says it reminds him of her mom. Now, do you see things about me and our kids? Yes, of course. Each kid has different qualities of yours, whether physical or actual uh, mannerisms. Sure. Honestly, you and Dawson tell the same jokes. Okay. All the time. It's inappropriate for someone his age, but... (laughs) You you could finish each other's punchlines so much. He tells the same jokes. You and Dylan have different qualities in place. And actually, you and Dylan look more alike, I think, physically. So, yeah, for sure. I actually see your dad in you, too. Yeah, yeah, I I, I see that. But it, it has to be hard for, like, a divorce couple, especially if you have, um... If, if you're a guy and you have a daughter and your daughter looks like looks like your your wife. ex mm-hmm. and it would be hard if she is your ex or hard if she is your 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 deceased spouse i think both of them would be tough but that'd be tough but i think that if if you have that kind of relationship where they're an ex and you have um a certain amount of animosity towards them it would be hard to not see that i think andy's dad sees his wife in andy but in a loving way like the good parts i don't think it's animosity at all but um andy says she appreciates the dress and she asks him if he's been working and where did he get the money from his job and then he finally comes clean that he deliberately missed the appointment for the job interview well that he, he no, she it. says, yeah. she says, you deliberate, I think you deliberately, is that how you feel about me? Yeah. And they Sorry. fight. Yeah. And she screams at him, why can't you just, just forget, forget about her? Just forget her. And she's right. And 
And she screams, she's never coming back. And this is where she is playing the adult role here. And, and she, frankly, she's being a bitch to him, and, but he can't let her go. He says he still loves her. I still love her. And Andy says, I loved her too. She just didn't love us back. I thought, I, I swear to God, I thought he was going to suck her during this because it got so heated up and amped. I thought well, he, he was going to. Very gonna... painful. And, you know, the the job thing. There's, there's this disappointment that you have um, as an individual in life. You know, you will be disappointed in yourself for shortcomings that you have. But I remember, um, I'm trying to remember which time this was because I've been unemployed so many times, but there was one period Stop. in time where I was, I was out of a job and, and the hardest thing was, it wasn't that I was failing me, it was I was failing the kids and I was failing you. That was the thing that was hard. And I knew, you know, I was going to come up on the other end. I knew it was going to end up working out. It was just a matter of getting there. But it is. There was only one time where I really felt and saw you struggling to get past it. Mind you, the economy was in the shitter and you emotionally and mentally were kind of not ready for I never went without a paycheck during that time, though. I know, but you, I could see you struggling more, more upset, more loss of your confidence. Oh, yeah, that actually the person that I referenced earlier, somebody that I used to work for, that when that whole thing happened, I mean, that was, that was, that was tough for me. And, you know, I, you you never, and that's when our kids were little. Yeah. And you don't want to show that to our kids. And every time we've had some kind of thing where, you know, I've changed jobs. I've changed jobs because it's time for me to move to something else. Sure. I've had jobs where the jobs ended. Yeah, sure. And, you know. It was only that one time, Matthew, that I saw what I saw. Since then, it's like, eh, get another job. Eh, I'll do something else. Eh. Like, you always bounce since then. But that one time. It's like someone casted a spell on you that made you not believe in yourself. Well, I was so blindsided by it because, yeah. I mean, literally the 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 same exact day I was laid off, I was flat out told I was not going to be laid off. <laughs> I know. And there were thousands of people laid off. It wasn't, I mean, the housing crisis, the stock market crisis, everything was going on. People were getting laid, laid off everywhere. But it was just the fact that I, I, you know, I had concerns. And then that day we had this meeting, walked in the meeting and I flat out asked the person who was my boss, is anybody that work that works for you getting laid off? And she and said, she lied. no. Well, technically she didn't lie because they'd never transferred me in the HRIS system. But in the HR system. Yeah, no, she lied. That's basically what it is. But anyways, I want to kind of close up this scene as the pain that you felt in this scene was, it just felt really real to me. And I was trying to think of it, of have you ever felt that kind of pain that he felt towards someone like a breakup? A I told you about me sitting 
drunkenly in the parking lot begging a girl to take me back. Yes, I felt, you know. So you feel his pain. Uh, not really. I, I don't think. I did. I, don't I think felt it, it. I don't think it was spelled out enough, but we do find out a little bit that she was 14 when the mom left and he was 50. And we know that she's 18, so that means that he is 54. Yeah. He looks pretty good for 54. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say, and you see her crying and looking at a photo of her mom at the end of this scene. Yeah, but wouldn't you think that since they have a, you know, they had this acrimonious break. It was not like they parted on good terms. Both of them have pictures of the mom up in the house. Yeah. Don't you think those things would have been set aside? And I know they purposely show that happening later, but I would think if, hey, bitch left, we're not going to keep pictures of her up. It's not like she died. If she died, it's something completely, she just up and left. I would think that they would not honor her by keeping those pictures up. I can understand why they have a picture of his wife slash her mother out. Why? He's still in love with her. So okay. from his perspective. So I can have pictures of my high school girlfriend um, up around the house. How is it different? This was his wife. The mother of his child. It is different. And for her, that's her mother. So like it or not, mother left, doesn't matter. It's still her mother. Okay. And why didn't they have a color picture? Why were they black and white? I know they're poor. Uh, I would say time period, potentially. It would look like an older picture of their, her mother. Yeah, but this is, this is 80. Yeah, but it six, was so. not a picture from the 80s, for sure. Okay. But um, he kisses her goodnight, and he says he didn't get her shoes because he didn't know her size. Um, the picture, Andy picks it up, and she cries, and now we're on to the next day. Yep. Some heavy yeah. music. And Steph is there as she walks in to the high school, and she gives him, I call it a death stare. Mm-hmm. Agree. And then they show Andy alone in the hallway by Blaine's locker. Doesn't she have class to get to? She doesn't care. She's on a mission. And he sees her, and he cannot avoid the the confrontation. He has to kind of hit this head on. And Ducky walks in right about this time. He isn't involved in this, but he sees he's what observing. plays out here. Yeah, he's observing what's going on. And she asks him why he didn't call her back. Didn't get your messages. So he lies. Once again, this is a whole cell phone thing. Of course, you can say, well, I never, I, I didn't get your, I didn't read your text because there are times when I, I look at, you know, you, you get home and you said you never responded to my text. It's like, well, I didn't see him. And that's honestly true because even though it comes up on my, my wrist, sometimes I just don't feel it. Or So are you saying it could be true? Yeah, it could be true, but he totally is lying. Okay, but but then she says, "What about prom? Prom? Well, well, before Blame. prom. What about prom? Before prom? All right, fine. She waited for him in the parking lot. Is she wrong here? She's almost in a stalkerish mode here. She is not wrong. They had two dates that we know of. Yeah, he owes her nothing. He asked her to prom, and now he's avoiding her." Okay. Prom um, is coming up in a week or two, whenever it's coming up. Well, he she asks about prom. She's like, hey, man, I'm having a bad day. <laughs> yeah, not a good answer. 
And he just, tells her he asked someone else a month ago. Well, before that, she does a you thing. Just say it. Just say it. Just say it. Over and over again. She's saying, just say it. Just say it. She wants him to come clean. I'm embarrassed to be seen with you. Yes, exactly. My heart's breaking through this scene. And he yeah, he says he asked somebody else a month ago and he forgot about it. Well, you know, I, I can see that. I mean, that's possible. That's possible, especially as much as they all drink. Well, you remember, at the, what was the last wedding we went to? You remember the last wedding we went to? Don't say the name, but the last wedding we went to. Sure. Uh, Gandalf the Grey was there. <laughs> okay. And he, we ran into, a uh, long time before this, we, when he and the guy that got married and myself were at work, we were out back having a heater and some girl that worked in the building, not in her office, but worked in the building came out and she was talking to Gandalf the Grey and she said, you don't remember me, do you? And he said, no, you took me to prom. <gasps> and how can he forget his prom date? Well, like, how can you forget your prom date? Well, if, if you just take somebody like our son is out now on kind oh, of a, yeah. a setup He'll date, probably forget her. But Gandalf the Great, fuck this girl. And he still didn't remember her. Oh, my <laughs> God. How awful. I thought that was hilarious. Like, I, okay, that's a hoe. Anyways. Well, who? Her or him? Him, not her. I was saying him no you said both <laughs> no i was saying him because he forgot that he even had sex with her she clearly remembered that's why she went over and talked to him well you 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 don't think that there's a there's a non-zero possibility that you will run into somebody randomly that you don't remember that you had sex oh with. yeah oh me no oh i absolutely you? could happen yes. to me <laughs> <laughs> me well, no it's possible yep yeah, yep yeah, could have happened okay here's your kid <laughs> so but she's really laying into him and He's ashamed, and he says, it has nothing to do with you. And I said before that I only felt bad for Blaine one time in this film. I actually feel bad for him here as well because he's fighting against a lot of things. He's fighting against the system here, and he's fighting against what he wants to do versus what he should do. You know, there's a lot of things that are kind of pulling, and he's, you know, an 18-year-old, so he's an adult, but... He's 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 dealing with a lot of different kind of things that are pulling him in different directions. I don't disagree with you, but there's a piece for the audience where we're fighting for him to be a good human being. To be the bigger man? Yeah. But as this all plays out, Ducky kind of smiles. He's watching it all. Well, he, he, Ducky thinks, hey, this schmo is out of the, the picture. Now is my time. I don't think that's exactly what Ducky's feeling. I think Ducky... Why would he smile that? He see Andy's in pain. It's if not, he cares that much about her, he should be able to put his, you know... I think he's not smiling for Andy's pain. He's smiling that Blaine is in the situation he's in. So I, I don't buy that because if he, if he loves her that much, you're not a guy. You're wrong. You're not a guy. I think that's why Ducky is smiling. I think he feels Andy's pain for sure. Anyway, so then Blaine sees Steph and Blaine, uh, or actually Steph tells Blaine to just forget about her. Yeah, don't worry about it. She's nada. She's nada. The thing I love about this is, okay, there's a couple things to me that make somebody suspect. Already talked about one of them. 
wearing pajamas as a guy makes you suspect. Steph is something else here that makes Steph suspect. And you wouldn't pick up on this. Other people would. You would not pick up on this. Steph is smoking at this point, right? Yep, he is. He's smoking hundreds. That makes you suspect? Normal people don't smoke hundreds. Okay, I wouldn't know. I don't (laughs) smoke. Just a fact. I don't smoke. Ducky saw this as well. And he overhears the whole thing. Where Steph is kind of running Andy down. And then... And Blaine just walks down the stairs and leaves. And Steph comes up the stairs and Ducky is there. And they have... He says he's got a problem. And Steph kind of scoffs at Ducky. Yeah. Like, I'm going to blow this guy off and turn around and walk away. And... Ducky tackles Steph, and they fight. And to they Ducky's wrestle, credit, they fight. They throw some punches. Ducky does okay in this fight. He I was going to say, good for Ducky. He has pent up anger for everything right now. He's got hard on strength. I mean, he's got the whole thing where he just has this whole aggression that he needs to get out. Let out, yeah. And the the and teachers break it out. Yeah, they break it up, and then Ducky runs away. And as Ducky is running away, he tears down a prom banner and Steph is sitting there with the two teachers and he just spits on the floor. Steph is so above any kind of consideration or thought of punishment. He can do whatever the hell he wants in this universe. A little bit of hiccups there. I, I have the hiccups. So there, there's something I, I, you won't find this interesting and probably nobody else will either, but I'll tell you about a time that I got in trouble for spitting. So I was playing basketball and it was my first, I think it was the first game of my senior year of high school. So I was on varsity. It's one of the few times I, I started before things went south with the coach and I, I couldn't start anymore because he was a cocksucker and he wouldn't play me. But we're on the bench and it was either in a timeout or something and I spit on the floor and he fucking just laid into me about not doing that. One of the other players did it same exact time did not say shit to him. He hated you. Oh yeah. He, he was not a big Matt fan, but um, now we see and where's Andy now? I own his apartment. And who's else? Who else is there? Terrence, her new beau, who is the owner of the pet store. He answers the door as Andy is knocking on the door, and Iona is getting ready for their date. And he's like, "She's getting ready. Uh, go tell her to hurry it up, basically." And he looks kind of classy. Yeah, I think. normal looking guy. And uh, Iona is singing. And what song or what singer is Iona singing? I have no idea. Barry Manilow. And you should know this. She's singing uh, Copa Cabana. Oh, I yeah. Copa Cabana. Copa. Oh, Copa Cabana. I can't even do it. <laughs> it's a song that Rachel sings at Barry's wedding in Friends. Oh, yeah. But Iona is dressed like a normal person. She is. She's dressed normal and she. Kind of guyish. Kind of guyish. Kind of got a blazer on. Yep. But she tells Andy she's in love. And, well, Andy says, actually, Andy says that Iona looks normal and Iona says she's happy. And it's weird that she's happy because he's a yuppie, but he has a couple things that put her ahead of the game. What are the things that he has that put her ahead of the game as far as dating somebody? Do you know? Uh, He's got a job. He's employed. Yep. And he's straight. 
I thought that's what it was, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> and then Andy starts crying. And tells her the blame back down on prom. And they hug as Andy is pouring her heart out. And once again, if if I wrote this, this scene would play out slightly differently. <laughs> no, because actually one of the comments somewhere in there, Iona says, I look like a mother when Andy comments on her outfit and how normal she looks. But to Andy, Iona's been a mother figure for her because her mother's been MIA. But they're girlfriends, but she's also her shoulder to cry on, advice about a boy. Like, Iona is like a mother figure to her, in my opinion. Yeah, but, but anyways, her mother left when she was 14. So, I mean, she was, not that you don't need somebody from the ages of do. 14 and 18, but how you long do. has she possibly been working at the record store? A year and a half? A couple of years, probably. And then Iona tells her love is just awful. Uh, but she wants uh the prom dress the prom dress and my question is what what about the one that her dad bought her so obviously you don't know anything about being like a designer no she's going to combine the two dresses and yeah she makes she's going to make one dress from the two so she is she's adopting matt's process in high school in that she doesn't have money so she has to figure out how to hustle or cut corners she's she's these two dresses she's going to make one out of two and there's a little bit of a montage here yeah where she's doing just that and it's weird to have a montage this late in the film because i think at this point there's maybe 15 minutes left in the film yeah and i think they're showing the passage of time her working on the dress probably what a week or two oh it's it's i would say at most it's a week yeah but there's a shot of Ducky. There's a, a dad putting, of, the yeah, pic- putting the picture away of his wife. I want to do in her in hair. in his room alone. Uh, Steph smoking a heater. and it, I thought putting he had a white tux. tux on, but it's not. Um, yeah, but he was putting on his tux. So there's like this array of, of images. And she comes down the night of the prom and the dad says, oh, the guy will fall through the floor when he sees you. Well, no, he won't. Yeah, she tells her father she's going alone. She's going to walk in, walk out, and make sure they know they did not break her. Can can you do that? Because there there's a certain assumption I have here that you have to buy... A prom ticket. A prom ticket, right? I assume uh, even in the 80s, probably, but I did not. Well, I'm just wondering... We had to know the number of people that were going because they had assigned seating. At our tables and stuff. I'm just wondering, though, it, it, so let's say you're in high school today, or even you're in high school back in our day, uh, not at your school, but at a regular public high school, and you do not have a date to the prom, so you don't have a ticket to the prom, but you decide, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up. You show up. Is there somebody at the door you have to show your ticket to, or can you just stroll in? Just stroll in. I think she can just stroll in and out. The reason they want tickets and all of that is for food. And for us, it was ordering of the prom glasses and the and the little tchotchke things you got to take home with you. Oh, there was a huge controversy. I totally forgot about this. At, at our high school, there was a huge controversy about prom. Why? Because you mentioned it, glasses. They had this thing where they were 
as part of your prom package as buying the tickets, one of the things you were supposed to get were these champagne champagne glasses that yeah. were like emblazoned. I with, have those for mine. And they decided oh, you can't do that because that endorses drinking. And a bunch of us skipped out of school and went down to the the district office to talk to the superintendent about this. So that's bizarre because I went to Catholic school and we had champagne flutes with our prom theme written on them in the year. Yeah, but you guys get well to drink as, in church. Stop. As well as, as well as beer steins also because men would prefer more of a beer stein. Okay. Or a beer glass. And it had the same kind of imprint on it Mm -hmm. and the girls got basically the champagne flutes but there were extra so i got both well it could have also been you know you this is when you weren't went to prom was so many years before i went to prom couple years matthew couple years we're a couple years different changing attitudes you know as as the nation changes as the nation evolves over time whatever it could be slightly different but you act like you're like so much younger than me whatever but at the prom than me at the prom, one of the things that struck me as being weird is most of the tuxes are white. Which is mostly they're black, usually. Usually they're most, but in, in this particular prom, at least 70% of the tuxes are white tuxes. Yeah, but as the scene unfolds, you see kids dancing. You see Blaine sitting alone at a table. You see Steph with his bitchy Benny girlfriend. Yep. You see a teacher trying to break a couple apart that are dancing just a little bit too close. Yeah, she's making sure the dances dancers leave uh, room for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's how it was in my school, but I went to Catholic school. Has that ever happened to you? I remember, so I, you know, high school dances were a little bit different, but I remember eighth grade, seventh grade dances, and... It was very much the guys on one side, girls on the other side for for most of the time. And then you'd have slow songs and then you'd have people dancing together. And uh, valedictorian from my class, who we we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast about how by the time we got late in high school, she wouldn't have nothing to do with me because you were in Matt's zone. Yeah. Full, full Matt was in, in command by that point. And I remember dancing with her at the seventh grade dance or eighth grade dance and you know, th- this is your chance to be up close and personal with, with a girl. Mm-hmm. And a- as a girl, you can feel it, right? <laughs> yes. But to be honest, never in junior high or anything did anyone ever have anything going on. I will tell you, I also went to Catholic school, so we weren't pressed tightly. Oh, yeah. Like I said, you had to leave room for the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Yeah. So I went to Catholic school. But I will tell you at dances, junior high and high school, we danced a lot. Like, you didn't have to show up at a dance with someone. Just people across the room would come over and ask you to dance. And we danced a lot, fast and slow. Yeah, but and I don't know. Maybe this is a a product of, of when I met you. But when, when I first met you and before we got married and we'd go out with your friends, most of whom I think were married by that time. Yes. You know, we, we'd go out to clubs and we were the old fucking people at the clubs. And this was 20 years ago. Yes. And you know, I'm out there and I'm dancing with you, but then I'm dancing with 
your friend whose husband is there. Yes. And, you know, we're, you know. You're getting sandwiched between two women. We're bumping and grinding and, and stuff. And I, I never knew. I, I'm just like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I feel really uncomfortable. It's like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm rubbing my boner against your wife as we're dancing. <laughs> Because so, you're grinding. And, and So you it, never did this dirty dancing thing in college? Not with just random chicks. Okay, this isn't random. These are my friends. And I have bumped and grinded with them for, at this point, 10 years. Yeah, but th- there's there's a difference between, like, hugging somebody and hugging somebody when... Honey. I mean... It was perfectly fine. But... There's no, I mean, I'm not a big guy. You know that. But, I mean, they have to know. It's like, he's rubbing his hard cock on me. Were you really rubbing your hard cock on her? Yes. Matthew. Bumping and grinding. What do you expect to happen? Matthew. Keep it in your pants. I did keep it in my pants. That was part of the problem. But uh, Steph's date is actually mocking the suite that Steph has. Or proclaimed. Yeah, because um, he's ready to go up to the hotel. He's like, anybody want to go up to the suite? And how much did the suite cost? I don't remember. $300. Holy cow. And he says, for $300, what do you expect? $300 for a room? At that point in time? That is... That's a suite. That's, that's probably a huge room. That's pr- close to a grand a night. Yeah, that's huge. But uh, Andy is slowly making her way through the halls outside of where the dance is. And it looks like a train station. A little bit, but she looks down the hall and up the stairs, and guess who she sees? Not yet. She's getting cold feet about going in. Oh, yeah. She's contemplating not going in. And she is an RCH away from turning around and tucking tail and going home. And then she looks up, and then who is there? Ducky. And she is so happy to see him. And And they're both smiling, and they run to each other, and they hug. He looks good. He looks sharp. He looks sharp. He doesn't look much different to me than well, he did before. He, I mean, he always is dressed sharp. He always is, but he, I mean, a little bit of a haircut, a little bit of a well, sharp. He's got that, what's it called, a pompadour is kind of that haircut yeah, he has? Yeah, just a little bit different and just a little bit more uh, stepped up outfit. Not that much for him, though, in the same shoes. Yeah, he actually talks about specifically that. He's still wearing, he, he's still, what is it? I'm still the duck man. I'm and still he, the duck man and they show his shoes. But they, they walk in together to each other how they both, each other looks great. So they comment to each other how they both look great and they walk in together. And I said, the world's longest song continues to play here. And that's because this is the that song by Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark that was playing before we went outside to them. And it's still playing. And I'm thinking, yep. this is, not dissimilar to our wedding song, which is the longest song ever. You picked it. Yeah. I might as well have picked a Grateful Dead song because it is so fucking long. You picked it. <laughs> and guess what? You get to dance to it every year, baby. But uh, Steph sees Andy, and then he looks over at Blaine, and then Blaine sees Andy and Ducky. And, and starts to walk over. And Andy asks if they should dance, and they grab hands. and Yeah, they hold hands. And you probably know this from the 
extra feature that we saw about this. But it's not actually it's, John Cryer's hand. It's like some old dude's hand. And if you yeah. look at it, it's very obvious that it's not his hand. If you look carefully. But yeah, so as Blaine starts to walk over, Steph actually stops him. And he starts to put Andy down again. And finally, Blaine says, you buy everything, but you couldn't buy her. She thinks you're shit. And deep down, you know she's right. And I I know one of the things, um, and this is very much like a breakfast club thing, but everybody has insecurities. Even the pretty people, even the rich people, everybody has their insecurities. Absolutely. And I think this is the thing that cuts Steph. Steph. Yeah. And but he is a piece of shit. He is, but nobody calls him on it. Well, she sure did. But uh, Blaine gets over to Andy and Ducky and shakes Ducky's hand. He reaches out his hand and Ducky he hold, he stops for a second. It's not there's a pause. It's not like it was in the bar, but yeah, he shakes it and, and he says. Uh, or I think Andy says, you don't need me to say I'm sorry. Somebody says that. He said, so Blaine says he's sorry. And she's like, I'm over it. It's done. It's done. And then she's like, no, I'm not. That's not true. And, and Blaine brings back the thing she said of how. Yeah, he says, I always believed in you. I didn't I just believe, believe, didn't in me. believe in me. It's a fucking line. Um, it's a great line, but it's still a fucking line. It is, but then he says, I love you. And he kisses her on the cheek and says, always. And then we go into a movie with Richard Dreyfus and that's a whole nother <laughs> and always. Thing. But he walks away. And it, in the meantime, Ducky tells Andy that Blaine came alone to prom and that he's actually not like the others and that she should go to him. I'm dying as as this scene is playing out because Ducky has two paths here. And he chooses the righteous path. He does. And once again, not to go back to it, but I'm going to go back to Dawson's Creek where uh, there's, when, when we used to drive to Ironton a long time ago, on the way out of Ironton, right which, by the way, Ironton's my hometown, which you said earlier, right outside Ironton, right before Portsmouth, there was a billboard on the right-hand side of the road leading into Portsmouth, and it was an advertisement for the next season of Dawson's Creek, and it said, her decision changed everything, and I actually have that poster in, in, our basement. in the basement, mm-hmm. but... This reminds me of Dawson's choice to let her go to follow what she wants to do. Her heart. And it's so painful because I I want to believe I would have been the guy that would have done that, that would have done the right thing, that would have done the righteous thing. The ducky thing. And it it just, it hurts. It it hurts to watch. But don't you want to do the right thing when you know someone's heart belongs to another? But when you love somebody so much, it, yeah, it, do you it be hurts some dis- choice Ever? Do you ever want to be second choice? You want to be the choice 
whether it's second choice or not. Uh, there's a great thing. No. It's like, I'm nobody's no. consolation prize. And, and it, it's better to be the consolation prize than no. to not be anybody's choice. No. If I thought you loved somebody else and they just didn't want you, but your heart is still stuck with them, I am not staying with you. It's not fair to me, and it's certainly not fair to you. I I think in life, everybody at different point make, makes concessions. I, I think that, you know, you definitely made concessions to be with me. <laughs> I so. made no concessions to be with you. None. I love you with every single ounce of my heart. Yeah, but... I remember um, Denise. That's actually her real name. Nobody calls that. But you remember Denise? Mm -mm. She was uh, head of one of the teams uh, when we worked together. And she said, she can do so much better than him. And Referring to you. Yeah, absolutely. And she's not wrong. And even my sister-in-law, and my brother has said they can't figure out why you, I'm with you. <laughs> what does he bring to the table? I don't get it, Matthew. Well, I mean, it, you're. I'm not. I'm not the one saying it. I, I'm just repeating what other people ha, have you're observed. The yin to my yin. Okay, so getting back to the movie. So she she thanks him and he tells her to go. And this is before I knew what happened. There's a sad jerk in his future. <laughs> But so she's running after Blaine, and while that's happening, Ducky is getting eyes from a girl across the room. But she's an alien. Uh, she's yeah, totally a character we haven't seen before. No, she literally is an alien. Do you know who that is? No, that's Christy Swanson, who was the alien in Species. Didn't see it. Okay, but uh, he does the whole cliche looking behind him. Yeah, then points to himself, and she's like, uh huh, uh huh. And he breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, looking, looking at directly the at the camera. And then in the in the parking lot, Andy gets to Blaine, who apparently cannot figure out how car keys work because he's, he's still there. Yeah, and she runs outside and she gets to Blaine and they start making out in the parking lot. And she drops her purse and the movie is the end. over. So I, I've never seen this, so I can't say that it holds up or it doesn't hold up. So... Your question for that. Yeah, I think it holds up for the time period for everything. If you know it's that time period, if you're thinking, does it hold up to today's time period? I mean, there's obvious signs that it's an older film, but yeah, I think it does. All right. So I have no point of reference for it. All I can say is I've never seen this before. Would I recommend it? Um, sure. It, will I watch it again? Probably not. I, I would definitely recommend it. It is like one of those 80s films you have to have seen. It, this is The Last American Virgin Light. It is a painful film, but it's not a painful film that's painful enough for, that is worth it for me to revisit over and over again. I get it. So anything else to say about the film? Uh, only that you and I watched an interesting take on oh, wait, another sorry. ending. Yeah, we totally forgot about that. The alternate ending. Yeah. So originally, in the original cut, Blaine comes up and Andy, he says his piece to Andy, and then she ends up with Ducky. 
and Ducky and her dance. It never is played out whether or not they become romantically entangled, but she does not go after Blaine. And that is, honestly, the better ending. Yeah. And, so, and people hated it. So in the like alternative ending thing we saw online, her and Ducky do, like after Blaine walks out and says he loves her or whatever and walks out, her and Ducky hold hands, they do this weird dance, and they end up together at, you assume, long term. What we hear about in the video of the characters or the actors talking about the characters is that Molly Ringwald just could not see herself with John Cryer's character. She could not see Andy with Ducky. She never had that attraction attraction to him. But who was the other person that was almost Ducky? Uh, they told us that. Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, which she actually could see. She said she could see that. And she actually tried to hedge it a little bit saying, oh, not to say that John Cryer is not attractive because he is. I... So I was thinking about how could that original ending have worked because there was some controversy over the ending and changing the ending and blah, 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 blah. Anyways, I was trying to think of how that ending could have worked. And in my head, there is a way for it to work. But it goes all the way back to the beginning where they're interacting. And it's a little bit of Dawson Creek-ish where there is an attraction, there's a little bit more than friendship. There's a little bit of googly eyes towards each other. Little, little heavy petting. No. Uh, there's, you just cannot see Andy looking at Ducky at all with any type of attraction or long-term like relationship material. If you could rewind it and she actually showed that in the earlier phases, I do think that ending could have worked. But it was so, like, almost disgust sometimes when she looked at him, how he talked to her. It just didn't work. You that, know, that original ending did not work for these characters the way they played it. For those actors. Okay. So I look at it as, you know, there are, you know, there's the whole, well, what women want in a guy is they want a guy with a sense of humor, which is complete bullshit. Because, oh, baby. Because, you know, if you look like Steve Buscemi, you can be the funniest fucking guy in the world. It does not matter unless you have Steve we Buscemi We just need money. you to be good in the sack. But you need to get the, the chance to be in the sack to prove that. <laughs> and, you know, personality does matter, but you need, to, you need to get to a certain point where personality matters. And there is somebody that you and I are both friends with that we both used to work with. Neither one of us work with anymore. And... She is somebody who, a um, bunch of guys that I used to work with, we used to all talk about, it's like if if there was one person at work other than your spouse or your girlfriend that you wanted to marry or you wanted to date, almost everybody without a doubt said the same person. Why? Because she was the coolest chick ever. I think I know who this is. And like I said, not unattractive, but not somebody that was like, oh my God, she's super so fucking gorgeous. Yeah, so hot. It's just, she was so much fun. She was so cool. She was so awesome. But it's the whole thing of, you know, the personality. And with her and Ducky, she had the time to get to know him. So she would know his personality. She would know those kind of things. Yeah. I don't know. I 
but I'll just leave it with this. Oh, this may sound silly to you, but kids go completely ape if you do three things in a picture. Defy authority, destroy property, and take people's clothes off. Yeah, really, no. Well, it is. Yeah, pretty much. So, so there's defying authority, but I don't think there's any property stuff, and there's no nudity. Okay, so I'm not going to go into what I'm watching, but I'm just going to give you an opportunity if there's any specific thing that you think would be a great thing to watch. Because I know you watched... Uh, the Vampire Diaries and the originals and that kind of stuff. Stuff oh, outside yeah. of what I talk about. Oh, yeah. So I love vampires. I don't know why, but I do. So I loved um, the originals. Vampire Diaries wasn't as good as the originals, but it's still pretty good. Uh, Outlander, I would say, was a surprise series that I watched. Don't ask me on what thing I watched it on. but Stars. I stars but i really i think the end came in stars i think it was on something else before that uh it was really really good about time travel and being in different time periods and love and sexy sexy scenes and that awesome like horniness going on after watching that (laughs) uh it was really good uh actually as far as what I normally watch, I watch what you watch a lot of times, although you watch way more TV than I do. Um, but those are a couple of things I think I would list. We just finished Terminal List, which I thought was pretty good with Chris Pratt. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I got absolutely terrible, terrible reviews. I thought it was like unreliable narrator and other things that made it kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. What else have we watched lately that you would recommend? I always, I always talk about my stuff, so yeah, I don't so want to give you like to. Cobra Kai and stuff like that. Oh, I love Cobra Kai. Um, I, I don't watch a ton of series outside of you. I mean, I always watch my true crime stuff, but I don't know if I would recommend. Okay. So first of all, thank you very much. Um, oh, it, it is weird when. You, you're doing you, a podcast right with a person in the room with you? Well, there's that. And then you're kind of killing independent Matt. But it is... What do you mean I'm killing independent Matt? It's a Seinfeld thing. Oh. You're, you're killing independent George. Uh, I must not watched enough Seinfeld. But it is, is different. Um, it kind of... I have to be a little bit more in check when I'm, when I'm doing a podcast with you. But thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh you did say you did, had no interest in doing Grease 2 with me. So if there's anybody that wants to do Grease 2 with me since Doug vetoed that, please let me and know. And I also vetoed that. <laughs> That's what I just said. Just said that. Okay. But uh, if you have any comments, uh, please like us on. Ah, oh, shit. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, next week's movie, I already talked about it on the other podcast, but in this week's movie, Annie Potts plays Iona. She plays Vanessa in 1978's Corvette Summer. Mark Hamill plays Kenneth in that film. Mark plays Luke in next week's 1983 trilogy Capra, which of course is Return of the Jedi. Uh, we'll probably be doing that midweek next week. Apparently Doug cannot get back on a Saturday podcast schedule for some reason. But Hugs to you, Doug. But if you want to reach out to us, uh, please reach out to us on Facebook or bitmaxrewind at yahoo.com. Thanks for having me. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Over and out. Ba 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 ba